on categories today, mm -hmm. and then tomorrow we'll do the, the final ones and give our final thoughts of the year. How many uh, uh, different categories do we have? So we have seven categories. Oh, we're going to do four today, uh -huh. and then we're going to th do three tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be a long day. Well, listen, it's, it's better doing it this way than having a four-hour show. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's like the two-night mania, man. Yeah, two yeah. nights are better than one nine-plus-hour show. Too big you know? for just one award show. Are okay, they? Are they? Leo, how are you, bro? I'm good. Feeling like an old man with my book bag on, but that's not here nor there. Um, saying what's up to the people. They can share the show. They can let the people know that we are here. And uh, they can also let us know who they think could be part of those categories. Uh, full disclosure, I'm actually left out of the list because I spoil it. So we're here. <laughs> That's so, right, so basically, Leo's just watching just like the rest of the audience. <laughs> For those that know. In anticipation. No. Ryan, how are you, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. No complaints. Uh, nice Saturday morning. We're here. It's Lucci weekend, baby. How could I be anything but good? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to entertain the friends of the show, the Fots. I'm also excited to piss some of them off because the Peckerheads always get upset when their favorite or like, that person doesn't deserve to get the number one spot. Why, Charlotte? That's why it's our show and not theirs. There you go. Listen, if you don't like our top 10 list, come up with the Peckerheads award show. I don't give a fuck. Peckerheads award show. The Pecks. By the way, the Luchis, the 2022, the 2022 Luchis is brought to you by Red Bull. Hashtag, it's Red Bull time. I like it. I like it. Big gulp. All right, dude. Let's get started. Let's get started. Um, Throw a little, little, little something in there, Leo. Um, you, you got the music. Yeah, but don't you always put like that music? That oh, like... I didn't even look for that music today. Oh, uh, you know what? Congratulations. <laughs> you played yourself. All right. We're going to start this year <laughs> the right way with Tag Team of the Year. Tag Team? No. Let's do it. Hold on. Hold on. We're ready. You ready? ready? Tag Team of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> And now, to present Tag Team of the Year, Mario, Mr. Rated R. All right, my God, this is going to be such a hilarious show. That's why show. I'm here, baby. Oh. That's right, Leo. That's why you're here. Oh, my God. Bro, we got to do this for, for like a close to two hours. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go, baby. Let's all go. Right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get started. Okay, right. Tag Team of the Year. Number Come. 10. No. <laughs> Okay, coming in number 10, we have guys that I'm, I'm a big fan of these guys. And, and to me, they're not only great guys, they're good guys. And that's the good brothers. Carl Anderson, yeah. Doc Gals coming in at number 10. Woo! Listen, since they left the WWE, they've been all over the place, okay? They've been in Impact. They've been in New Japan. They showed up in AEW. And somehow, some way, while having a pretty good run in Impact Wrestling this year and New Japan, they show up in the WWE out of nowhere, and it just felt right. Just seeing them reunite with AJ, how can they not make this list? They're coming in at number 10. I know you feel a certain type of way about Carl Anderson, but regardless, as a unit, come on, man. They're top 10 tag teams of the year. They got to be on the list. Yeah, they got to be on the list. You know, fuck Carl Anderson, but it's all good. Uh, you <laughs> Tell know me how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, you know, coming out straight out and saying it. Uh, yeah. Good year. Um, you know, I, they started the year in Impact. Um, just like they were, they, they've been in Impact for, they were in Impact for two years, two and a half years. 
Um, good run there. Won the titles a couple of times. Uh, New Japan strong. Then they were actually in Japan for uh, a few tours this year. And then come back to WWE. So, yeah, I would say overall they had a good year. And just wouldn't seem right not to have them in here. So that's why they're coming in at number 10. All right. Coming in at number nine, another team. That number nine. <laughs> oh, God. Does he do this for every single one? <laughs> yes, I will. I think, I think once we wrap up with, like, that, like, number of whatever, that's when you come in ah. with number nine. Like, okay. before I say it. Okay. So I won't have to laugh every time okay, you do it. <laughs> number okay. nine. All right. So coming in at number nine, number another... Nine. Another team that we've seen. Another team that we've seen all over the place. Don't give me stuff to play with, and, bro. Well, well, listen, we needed it. We needed it. Another team that we've seen all over the place. And to me, it's, they're a very underrated team. Since the beginning of the year, when they made like they when they invaded this promotion, Impact Wrestling, as a unit, as a group, they've been killing an Impact, and somehow they ended up in AEW slash Ring of Honor. I don't know what's the situation there. And that's the Kingdom. Also, they. Capture the Impact Tag Titles over there. They've done great stuff in Impact Wrestling. Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, they're coming in at number nine. Yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of uh, of Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. Uh, together as a unit, they're really good. Um, you know, they get the short end of the stick sometimes. I feel like, you know, they're not, they're not at the top of everybody's tag list, even in the top ten normally. Um, but they're coming in at number nine here because, you know, they're they're – I feel like they're really talented. They deserve a lot more. They deserve better. Uh, let's see what they do in AEW slash Ring of Honor from here on out. Um, that was a good signing, I think. And uh, I think they're wrestling today, actually, yep. on the pay-per-view yep. or on the pre-show, whatever, um, against Top Flight. So that'll be really good. Um, yeah, you know, they. I think they had a good year in Impact. And kind of just after Ring of Honor, quote-unquote, died at the end of last year. Right. You know, their futures were, like, up in the air. So, overall, I think they had a pretty good year for, for the most part. Yeah, especially the stuff with, like, Honor No More, which I think was, like, a very underrated, like, group of stable this year in Impact Wrestling. I thought the stuff they did with Eddie Edwards and Vincent and Maria Kanellis, all the stuff they did in Impact was just great. So, um, you know, they're coming in at number nine. Number eight. <laughs> uh, the next hack team we're going to talk about is a team that's been killing it over 10 years. And now we're in 2022. Not only are they still like they haven't missed a beat, but they're also the current New Japan Strong uh, New Japan Strong Tag Champions. And that's the Motor City Machine Guns. Chris Saban, Alex Shelley. Not only are they a great team, but also as single stars, they put out amazing work so they're over killing an impact they're killing it also in new japan they popped up and all out for no apparent reason but still Random. great team i didn't even know they were the new japan strong tag champs there you go that. you learn something new every day yeah i mean these these two guys are legends the fact that they're still going at such a high level in 2022 is absolutely insane uh <laughs> their cup of coffee in aew this year was just random and out of nowhere like you said <laughs> and we got no follow-up after that it was nope. just like the most random match uh you could ever imagine um but yeah i mean obviously still killing it in impact and then like you said in new japan uh new japan strong i'd love to see them go over to actual new japan in japan and right. wrestle over there um, for the IWGP tag titles. That'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, man, it's pretty crazy that they're still going, like I said, at such a high level. But, yeah, coming in at number eight. The most MCG, random <laughs> – my favorite part about All Out and their All Out appearance with the match against, like, I guess the Pinnacle, FTR, and, and Warlow, well, just seeing, like, this – 
weird collective of old TNA stars, and then you just see this big, tall dude of Sandum Singh just all walking together down the ramp. So the most random group of guys you could ever put together in a match. That that looked like they put their hands in like a little bag and then just pulled out random names. They're like, who can we bring in? It, that, that, that was the start of TNA W. That was the start. Deals yep. Man. Blame the Motor City Machine Guns. All right. The well, person for that what number that was. That was seven. Oh, number six. No, no, no. Oh. We're now at number seven. Uh, number seven. Oh, Tag team of the year. Oh, it's going to be a long fucking day. Dale. Congratulations. <laughs> you played yourself. All right, coming in number seven. Who? Both talented performers as single stars. And I don't think, not saying that we should be surprised that ha- ended up having great chemistry, but I think what's more surprising is how much of a great year they had as a tag team. And I guess they're still a tag team now. They were former AEW tag champs, and that's swerving our glory. Keith Lee, Shane mm-hmm. Strickland. I'm a big fan of Shane Strickland, big fan of Keith Lee. But as a unit, it's just like, wow, of course they'll be they'll be great as a tag team. But just the run they had in AEW just, to me, came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody really pictured these two being a legit unit together. Um, but they ended up winning the tag titles in what was it July um, off the Young Bucks, yep. and they've had quite the run with those belts. Of course, they ran into the acclaimed, who were super over, and it was basically just wrong place at the wrong time for Keith and Swerve. But man, together they had amazing chemistry. Uh, yeah, I mean, after what happened at um, at the pay per view where Swerve slapped Keith Lee. I don't think we've really gotten a follow-up on that, but so I guess they're still a unit for the most part. Um, They have a a match today at at Ring of Honor's final battle, so they're still going as a tag team, and uh, yeah, they they absolutely deserve to be on this list. Like you said, two guys that I don't think anybody really Mm -hmm. pictured together, but they really made it work. Yeah. And and in my opinion, you know, and we'll get to this obviously, you know, tomorrow, but they had so many great matches this year against the Acclaimed that, you know, we're just off the charts. Also, those um those triple threat tag matches too. The one at um uh what is it um double or nothing, and then we had like I think two other triple threat matches on Dynamites this past year. So like they, they put on some great matches as a unit, man. With other yeah, great, I mean, they won the titles in a triple threat match. right with great established tag teams at that. A fresh new yeah. tag team putting on phenomenal matches with established tag teams. Yeah, dude, dude, it was it was unbelievable for these two guys to come in this year. And have the year that they had as a tag team. I mean, it's great. I don't think I don't think you know if those two guys were singles guys throughout the whole entire year. I don't think they would have had as great of a year as they had in the tag division. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't really think there would be any there was anything creatively at the time for Keith Lee yep. and Swerve on their own. So I think putting them together was a smart decision by Tony Khan. And and, it, and it's another I'm sorry it's another random thing put together by Tony Khan, random as hell. But you understood that they had chemistry, and you yeah, know it, I mean go ahead. I, I was just like, you know, that sometimes these two random guys, when they're thrown in together, I don't always love that singles guys throwing it together. But sometimes, you know, you, sh- you strike gold w- w- with two guys. I mean, look, look what happened with uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. I mean, they became one of the best tag teams yep. the company had has seen. So, you know, I mean, sometimes it just works. You throw in two guys together randomly and they click. And that was the case here. I think my favorite thing about the tag team with Keith Lee and Shane Strickland is something i've been saying in past episodes the kobe bryant shack type mm-hmm. like storyline that we're getting where they're kind of in competition with each other you could tell there's tension there but somehow as a unit they're just great yeah yeah that's a great comparison totally 
Mm-hmm. All right, Liam. Number six. I think we're only going to use this for this because I keep getting lost trying to look for this stuff. Go, Dali. Okay. <laughs> Coming in number six. Number six. One of my personal favorite tag teams, but they're definitely a couple down spots from previous years, and that's the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon, Ray Phoenix. They still had a great year. They started off the year as tag team champions. They did end up losing those titles. But overall, as a tag team and even as a trio, they had a really good year. So, of course, we're going to be on this list. Oh, yeah, and they're ending the year with a bang, too, um, as with Death Death Triangle as the, the trio's champs and now having this best of seven series. Didn't start off so good for, for them. Like you said, they dropped the belts when Ray Phoenix got injured, yep. but then he came back in, like, no time. And, um, yeah, I mean, they continued their great run in the tag division. I don't think these two guys are, are capable of having a bad match. I don't think I've ever seen a bad match they've been involved in. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot lower on the list than they were last year, but hey, they're still in the top 10 because they're that damn good. Also, we can't forget. And they know it. Also, we can't forget, too, the stuff they do outside of AEW, the stuff they do in AAA, the stuff they do in the independents when they do like little indies here and there. So we can't forget about that, too. So they, of course, I think it's it's impossible for the Lucha Brothers not to be on the top 10 list. Yeah. yeah if they're not on the top 10 list in some way, even if they're number 10, uh, you know, there's something wrong. Speaking of attack, go ahead. <laughs> I think you're gonna go to the next one. Sorry, go, Dali. Go ahead, Leo. Number five. <laughs> this is I feel like people Johnny they, five. Johnny I, five. I feel like people when they listen to this is just gonna laugh every time. Johnny five. All right, coming in at number five. <laughs> this is somebody. Sorry. Coming in at number five, another team oh that God. it's impossible for not to be on our list, and that's the Young Bucks. Once again, down a couple spots, but they had a great year too. Former tag team champions. Also, and they, them and Kenny Omega won the trios tag titles at All Out. So, the Young Bucks, also one of my personal favorite tag teams, down a couple spots, but of course they were going to make this list. Yeah, I mean, start off the year really feuding with Red Dragon, um, and basically in almost all the the tag title matches for the most part, and on the big shows this year, um, you know, were the tag team champions again because of uh, Jeff Hardy's. Um, issue that he had earlier this year too so they ended up putting the belts back on them on the Young Bucks and then they obviously dropped them like we just mentioned to Swerve in Our Glory and then ended up winning the trios titles and then you know we all know what happened with Brawl Out but now they're back they're having in a crazy best of seven series ending the year with a bang and probably going to end up winning the the trios titles so uh, yeah Young Bucks they're just like the Lucha Bros they're always going to be on this list um Again, another team that's lower on the list than they were last year, but obviously they have to be on the list in some capacity because obviously one of, if not the best tag teams of the last decade plus, and will go down in history as one of the greatest tag teams of all time and literally one of my, if not my ultimate favorite tag teams um, going right now. So, yeah, Young Bucks have to be on here, no doubt. Two things I want to just mention about the Young Bucks. One, we were talking about last week, and how, like, AEW has, like, this thing where they'll start, like, a stable, and then they put a shirt out, and then out of nowhere, they just end up breaking up. Talk about the Undisputed Elite when they were, <laughs> they were, they were like, a, a, a five-member team for, like, like three weeks, maybe, and then people yeah. just started getting hurt, and, and that was it. It was over. Like, I remember the whole build to Forbidden Door was, like, Forbidden Door is about the Bullet Club and the undisputed elite. That was like the whole build to the pay per view. And then after Forbidden Door, it was it. It was a wrap. It was over. 
Yeah, well, because Adam Cole got hurt, and then, you know, we all know what happened with Bobby Fish, and then now Kyle O'Reilly's on the shelf, too. So it's like the whole entire thing just fell apart completely. And then another thing I wanted to add about the Young Bucks is, man, props to them because they really had to carry the Hardys at Double or Nothing, specifically Mm -hmm. Jeff Hardy. So um, they're just pros, man, and just great guys. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that match, Uh, the the Hardys versus Young Bucks at Double or Nothing. Mm -hmm. I think you got to give me, like, the little thumbs up so I know to say number four. Okay, number four. (laughs) Because if not, then I jump in front of you guys. guys. A team. Sorry. A team that pretty much killed it all year, except like right now, they've been a little bit quiet now, like in the last like month or two, and I think it's due to injury. But man, talk about banger after banger of matches, and that's the Street Profits, man. I think it's safe yeah. to say that Montez Ford, Ford is going to be a single star at some point. Like, he just has single-star ran all over him. But as a tag team, man, how come they not be on this list, man? They just put on incredible matches all year. They got the smoke. They do. Yeah, so so many great matches with the Usos this year. Um, and just with anybody in general. I mean, yeah, these two are outstanding. For the longest time, it was really just them, the Usos, and the New Day in the tag division. Um, but now, you know, there is more teams and I'd like to see them against some of these other, you know, teams that are coming up specifically on SmackDown. Um, yeah, I mean, the Street Prof- Profits, I mean, what more can you say? They're they're excellent. And like you said, Montez Ford, I think a lot of people are waiting for him to break out as a single star. Uh, hopefully at some point that's coming. But um, as as a unit, man, I mean, no complaints. They're outstanding. Number three. Coming in number three, and Leo's going to get excited with this one because this is one oh. of his personal favorite tag teams. Yeah, it is. Let me just go down the, the list of accomplishments they've Fuck done. Fuck yeah, I'm the man. I'm sorry. The, the, <laughs> Let me just go. The, no, it has nothing to do with Lucha. But I called it Portugal is out. Yeah. Um, for, those that know, sorry. for those that don't know. <laughs> for those that don't know. Yeah. You Woo! know, um, I guess man. like they're related to the Lucha Outsiders in some way. Show Fuboleo. Fuboleo yeah. is like. Leo's thing, so yeah, the World Cup. You know, if you're into soccer, you know, follow show football. Yeah, hell yeah, everywhere. By the way, Seamus is probably not going to be happy. There's a whole bunch of other people, but yeah, let's go. Okay, number three. So coming in number three. Number number three. three. Um, one of Leo's personal favorite tags. Shut up. Sorry. (laughs) Let me just give you the rundown of accomplishments they've done this year. Fuck yeah. Okay. Should have bet. Sorry. Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. T. GCW Tag Team Champions. Ooh, ooh, I know, I Impact know. Impact Tag Team Champions. I know, I know. He's all, they've also won Tag Team Championships in, in the Independence, okay? And they're going to have a crazy-ass match tonight. I know. And that's Jay and Mark Briscoe, the Briscoe Brothers. They've had an incredible year. We them boys. And starting, like, the first quarter of this year, I was telling Ryan, I don't know how they're not going to break our top five. They're, they're easily going to have... They're gonna. They've had one of the best years. I'm a big fan of the Briscoes, and I know they're gonna kill it tonight. And I'm kind of rooting for them too, to be honest. We them boys. But the Briscoes are coming in number three. Yeah, dude, I forgot. I mean, GCW tag champs, Impact tag champs. I forgot about that as well. And you put on top of all the the classics they've had with FTR too. I mean, yeah, Jesus, they, they could have easily. I mean, it had to be in, in the top five, but there's there's an issue if they're not one, two, or three. I mean, you could really make a case they could be number one, two, yep. or three. Yep. I mean, they're coming in number three here, but even if some people had them on their list at number one, you can't even really complain can't about argue. that because you of can't their accomplishments. Argue. Unfortunately, they can't go to AEW because of, uh, you know, the, the, the networks doesn't want them on there because of things that they've whoa, said in the whoa, past. Whoa, we them boys. But that hasn't stopped them. That hasn't stopped them at all. And like you said, they're going to have a freaking awesome match to close out the year tonight. So, I mean... My goodness, uh, the Briscoes are just 
I said year in and year out. They're just unbelievable. They're they're like the Motor City Machine Guns, man. They've been doing this for like 10 plus years. And they're still going at such a high level. It's it's incredible. And they just been killing it all all over the place. Even when they signed signed with Ring of Honor, right? When they're like, hey, uh, when Tony Khan made the announcement, they they signed the Briscoes. They were still popping up all over the place. GCW, they did Conrad's show for the Ric Flair's uh, last match. They've been popping all over the place. Like, some of their best matches also happen in GCW. Like, we can't forget the Art of War Games match that happened all that weekend. So, like, the Briscoes, man, just like the Motor City Machine Guns, they've been doing this for a long-ass time. If you go to at Lucha Outsiders on Instagram, there's a picture of a young punk mr rated r (laughs) yours truly with the briscoes and this was like an 03 i think it was like i was 14 years old i got to see him earlier this year and i gave him a copy of that picture and i was like listen man i'm a big fan of you guys i've been following you guys since the rexplex days and they looked at the picture and jay briscoe jay briscoe just looked at like oh man oh shit man like he just couldn't believe how young (laughs) they looked and like Pretty much. And how young I was. And then we kind of took another picture, and I you could see, like, the comparison of 2003, 2004 to now, fast forward to 2022. So. That was back when I had all my teeth. No. Yeah, yeah, Mark Briscoe. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why you got to bury the guy. I thought, I, listen, I thought I thought that was one of your favorite no, no. tactics. No, it is. Dude, dude. And, and again, so, so to me, right, the Motor City Machine Guns and the Briscoes, are the two of the most like underrated teams or like it's not on everybody's radar, but they're always there. It's kind of like, you know, that, that one person that's always there, like it's always bugging you, right? That's what these guys are. And to have the year that they're having, dude, like it's crazy. Because again, they're they're totally independent. Like they don't need to sign to a single company to thrive. That's all I got to say about that. By the way, if you guys want to be entertained. That was really nice, Leo. Sorry. Look at the pro- <laughs> look at the promo the Briscoes cut um, for FTR to promote this match, man. It, those like barn promos that they do are just fucking entertaining as fuck. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. That's rare. That's another underrated part of them too. Their promos are just unbelievable. The amount of effort they put into it, it's it's incredible. All right, coming in at number two. Number two. Just like the Briscoes, just you like could- the Briscoes. Shut up. Sorry. You can make the argument that they could be number one also, okay? But for this specific case, they're not the ones, but they're the twos. And that they're is. the undisputed WWE World Tag Team Champions, and that's the Usos. Where can I start with the Usos? On top of their phenomenal <laughs> matches. Uh, with the U. The phenomenal storytelling they've been doing with the Bloodline, with Sami Zayn. It, it, it's all in the fields, right? They just, they just couldn't make number one. But if you make the argument and you tell me like, well, they're my number one, more power to you, bro. I, I can't even argue with that because yeah. they could be number one. But in this, in our list, as Michelle, they're Michelle, number two, not one. Hey, they made the number one on the PWI, uh, you know, list or whatever. So. Like you said, you can't deny anybody's list if you have the Usos number one because, geez, I, I don't even know where I could begin to argue that. I mean, yeah, what can I really say? What, what could we really say? I mean, they really, their accomplishments and everything they've done this year really speaks for them, for, you know, itself. I mean, I don't really think I could put them over any more than, you know, I think any everybody else already has. They are just unbelievable. They're on quite the run right now. Let me tell you, I know there looks like they're trying to create some sort of tag division on SmackDown. 
But I mean, there's nobody, nobody in no. the company right now that should be holding these titles other than them. So you know what? If they hold it for another year plus, I don't even care. No. Like that's how good they are, and that's how deserving they are uh, to be the champs right now. I mean, it's just it's incredible. I, I don't know what else to say. Listen, man, I know people are not a fan of bringing new titles in, but what I'm thinking is like keep one set of tag teams and introduce like a trios championship. That's what I think they should do in WWE. Especially if they have plenty of trios. Listen, even the bloodline could go for the trios titles. Yeah. Like they could do that too yeah, if they wanted to. But there's plenty of trios. The tag team division, they're in the rebuilding stage right now. The Usos need to continue holding those titles till further notice, um, depending especially where the story's going with the bloodline. But yeah, the Usos, Jay and Jimmy Uso, they're not the ones, but they're number two. In 2022, Luchis. I'm going to add something to that. Do you remember last year when we were doing the Luchis? I remember saying it was around that time where I was like, we can't tell them apart. They've been able to actually make you emotionally invested in both of them. First of all, because of the haircuts. Mm -hmm. Now you're able to tell them apart. Yep. But second of all, and I've always said this since day one here. Day one. Um, day one-ish. That, <laughs> that you need to have stables. Why? Because there's also storylines within stables. Whether it's McMahon not being there anymore or Triple H taking the reins or just the way that they're doing work, you're emotionally invested even though you're kind of getting the same matches, but they're always different. So even with the storytelling that they give inside, I think that the Usos benefited the most because I think that that whole, that whole gimmick that they had going where, you know, we're like, hey, who walks out first? Who walks out second? Remember that show, Mario? Where, where we were looking at their pictures and it's always like Jimmy was the one in the back and Jay was the one in the Jay front. Was, Jay was always the one in the back yeah. and Jimmy was always the one in the front. He was the more vocal one. But now... Now both. Na they're both, but like even... Jay, to me, seems at times more at the spotlight than Jimmy because yeah. Jimmy wants no part of the issues when they were going yeah, at yeah. it between when it would be Jay and Sammy going at it. Jimmy would either try to calm them down or like even remember that one promo where Jay goes like, I don't give a damn what the, the tribal chief wants. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody just started looking away and Roman slowly started turning and just to face Jay. Like Jimmy wanted no part yeah. of that situation. So like at times, Jay has been more of the vocal one. And and by having by having a stable, you're able to have okay, the tag team is not hurt by whatever's happening. It actually adds to the storyline. So again, like you say, you know, and, and it always happens. I think three to one, you always have somebody that's going to say, no, this guy should have been in there. But I think at the end of the day, the Usos or what they're doing, they're able to revive, if you will, because it was it was getting a little bit of stale at times. So, dale. All right, guys. I did that. I did that. You got the. You can almost guess who this is, right? I mean, come on, everybody watching. It can't be that dumb. It's Jurassic Express, though. I'm kidding. You didn't put the drum roll. All right, here we go. Coming to Tag Team of the Year, number one. Put that volume up, Leo. Put that volume up. Go on. Yeah. FTR, baby. Fuck the revival. Three sets of tag titles, okay? Triple R tag champions. IWGP tag champions. Ring of Honor tag champions. A oh, no. Well, no, no, sorry, no, 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 no. But yet, nonetheless, they're three tag team champion holders, man. And incredible matches all year round. Dax Harwood having great singles matches. Yeah throughout the year too 
there's no way they, they couldn't be our number one. Like I said, you could make the argument for the, the top three, FTR, Usos, Briscoes. But in this list, 2022 Lucci Awards, FTR is our number one tag team of the year, baby. Number yeah, one. If we should swap Usos for FTR at number one and number two, I said immediately, nah. FTR needs to be number one. I mean, like I just said before, on the PWI list, the Usos came in at number one, and they deservingly so. Not going to argue that. But here, I wanted to recognize FTR as the number one tag team because I think they deserve it. They really deserve their flowers for having the best year of their entire careers. I mean, Dax Harwood, he he always puts on all the social media, all the social media pages about how 2022 has been his the best year of his career. And my God, how can you argue it? I mean, like you said, three sets of tag titles. Unfortunately, they didn't add the fourth uh, this past week, but um, they could have. I mean, man, doing work in in Japan, they went over there for for one of those tours. Um, you know, New Japan Strong, they worked a lot of. So my dog just busts right into my room. Um, <laughs> I guess your dog is pumped up that FTR is number one. <laughs> I mean, hey, yeah, so I mean, they, she, she wants to give her input on FTR and you know what, what the year they've had. You know, the Ring of Honor tag titles, the the matches with the Briscoes, uh, the Young Bucks. I mean, God, I mean, I could go on and on. We could do a whole hour talking about this week with the, the acclaim year the this, FTRs had this week with the acclaimed on Dynamite. Who yeah, I mean, they're just and, and today they're going to continue yeah. that they're probably at Wrestle Kingdom, too. They're, mm-hmm. they're probably going to be on their card there because they're still the IWGP tag champs. I mean, it's just it's it's been incredible. And they, you know, it's funny. People forget about this, too, because, you know, with the when CM Punk was, you know, the, the champ and stuff, they did the CMFTR uh, for a little bit. Yep. So that was great stuff. I mean, yeah, listen. Enough said FTR number one, they deserve it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they, how they followed up in 2023. It's going to be tough, but if anybody could do it, it's them. Um, some honorable mentions, real quick. There's going to be a plethora of honorable mentions. Honorable mentions this year's for the for the Lucci. So Lucci. we got um, Cobb, Jeff Cobb, and on Great Okan, um, part of the United Empire. I think in New Japan, they're a phenomenal tag team. The New Day, I think this is like the first year that New Day does not break our top 10. They did put on some good matches, but they just didn't have a memorable year like past years. I know it's a little bit yeah. difficult now, especially with Big E being out. And I know they're going to be on NXT deadline tonight. And who knows? Maybe they end up winning the NXT tag titles. I don't know. But, you know, they just haven't had that great of a year, but still such a great tag team. But- Jurassic <laughs> Express is another team that they killed it this year. It's just they weren't as impactful as tag team champions like some of these other teams. Uh, the best friends, they're always a great tag team. They just didn't really do much this year, but still a great tag team. And then RK Bro, the first quarter of the year. Yeah. How can we not talk about RK Bro? Now, imagine they, if they were together the whole year. I believe they were yeah. either two or three last year mm-hmm. in the Luchis. They just, you know, due to injury and who knows what the story was going to yeah. be between RK Bro, but I definitely wanted to mention them too. Bruh. Yeah, just like Leo said, if they stayed together all year and Orton didn't get hurt, I mean, yeah, they could have been on uh, on the top ten for sure. And everybody else you mentioned too had a great year. You know, Jurassic Express they were the tag champs for half this year, the first quarter of the year. Um, yeah, Okan and and uh, Jeff Cobb they they showed up in AEW. They were a big part of the Forbidden Door. Um, the oh, New Day. Oh yeah, course. you love the Forbidden Door. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. man, what a show! Just. Can't wait for the next one. (laughs) Can we we just change it to the Forbidden Rotating Door? That that's more of a that's more of a a better name for the for the whole gimmick. Trademark that shit. Yeah. Yeah. We're ready for the next one. Yeah, we're gonna go now, and this for whatever reason, and Leo could you know could voice his opinion on this too. Always. 
for whatever reason, every year, this is our most controversial category. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I do like pissing people off, so why not? We're going oh, with yeah, it's our favorite. Breakout Star of the Year. Please put my music up on my headphones. You're not going to put the little ding, 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 ding. That's you, uh, bro. No, but you have it over there. No, I don't. Okay. Breakout Star of the Year. Congratulations. You played yourself. Number 10. Coming in at number 10. Coming in at number 10. A guy that I was talking about last year, and I believe he could have been an honorable mention last year when we were talking about breakout stars of the year, because that's when he just started having some, some like, he was putting on some great matches and great work. And when he was in the WWE, he was kind of forgotten. Wink, wink. See what I did there? Uh-huh. Uh, but but in Impact, man, this guy's been having great matches with Sammy Callahan, Moose, Jay White, Chris Saban, and Steve, that, and that's Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin, he just married Deanna Perrazzo. He seems like a great guy. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's steak tonight. He's had Sorry. a great year this year, and I don't see how we couldn't mention him because he's been just putting on that work in Impact Wrestling. And who knows where the future might hold for him in 2023, but this year I definitely wanted to recognize him. So he's coming in at number 10. Yeah, that's, the, that's one of the good things about Impact Wrestling is guys like this who probably would have never gotten a chance to, to showcase what they could do especially as a singles, like he would never be able to do this in AEW, definitely not in WWE. Uh, so that's one of the good things that Impact does is they, they they bring in guys like this and they showcase them. And sometimes people like this surprise you. And he's definitely one of them. Listen, it's no secret. I don't watch much Impact Wrestling, but I obviously am not too far out of the loop. And I, I do keep up with what goes on on social media, uh, you know, or, or through, you know, social media. And yeah, I mean, one of those matches that stands out was that match against Sammy Callahan that I saw some clips of. I mean, freaking gruesome and just crazy, actually crazy. nuts. Um, I know he did a lot of work in the X Division as well. Yep. Um, had did he compete in a Monsters Ball match too, or something like that, or no? Yeah, I believe it was yeah. Sammy, uh, Steve Macklin, and Moose. Yeah. So I mean, just incredible stuff. And uh, I mean, yeah. Marrying Deanna Perrazzo. What a great year for, for Steve Macklin. So, yeah, I mean, he could have easily been an honorable mention, but I think he's deserving to be uh, yeah. on the top 10 list. Absolutely, 1,000%. Oh, sorry. Number nine. Break out star of the year. You played yourself. Dude, I'm trying to do like four things at the same time. You better stop your shit. Does this person have a gimmick? The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds, Sounds like, like my wife in my head. Did okay. you take out the garbage, mom? <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> I'm sleeping on the fucking couch tonight. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we're we're still gonna stay in the impact realm, yeah, yeah. and this is another guy that not only has he been killing it in impact, and he's a former X Division champion, but he's also been killing it in indies. He's been killing it in GCW. I'm actually gonna see him in GCW New Year's Day at um that will be the first year of the year. So look at that, and that's Mike Bailey, big fan of the speedball. He could have matches with heavyweights and he can also have matches with like cruiserweights and junior weights big fan of the guy uh i think the best is still oh, yeah. yet to come when it Hell comes yeah. to mike bailey and that's crazy especially with what we've seen so far from him but whether that's an impact or he shows up somewhere else he'll be fine because he's just a phenomenal performer oh no i put the wrong guy sorry yeah, I um, haven't seen as much of him as I probably should have. But every single time somebody talks about like, 
uh, a great match to check out. He's usually always involved in that. You know, a lot of I see a lot of clips on social media having great matches with pretty much anybody you put him up against. And again, somebody in impact who has really made an impact, pun intended. Yep. Mm. Um, so, yeah, good for him for getting the opportunity to finally shine on television for whoever gets the freaking channel that impact uh, airs on. Um, but too. yeah, good for Speedball. Always got to bury them in some capacity. Come on. He gave me the thumbs up, so that means number eight. Break up, start of the year. <laughs> Coming in at number eight. <laughs> he's a great wrestler, okay? You could say he's a technical wrestler. Technical. He's a wrestler's wrestler. Ooh. You know, you could say he's very pure, and he's currently the pure champion. But over all that, he's a sports entertainer and that's daniel garcin the dragon slayer baby see ya uh great performer when it comes to wardrobe maybe not so great but <laughs> nonetheless anytime he's on my tv screen i can't help but to think like wow what a great match this guy's having and he's young too so if he's this good now imagine 10 years from now yeah he's one hell of a Pro wrestle, that's for damn sure. Sports Great match entertainer. Brian Danielson. Yeah, sports entertainer, excuse me. <laughs> um, going to the Jericho Appreciation Society, I think, has helped him really just become, you know, kind of more, like, you know, of his own. Like, he, he really found himself, I think, uh, through this sports entertainer stuff. And, um, yeah, absolutely deserving to be on here. Pure champ has another match with Wheeler Yuta tonight. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at Ryan. He's so pumped up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so so is so is my dog. What's the puppy's name? Lacey. 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 Okay, dale. Lacey. Um, but yeah, he's 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 definitely been one of my favorites to watch this year for sure. What number are we up to? Because I forgot. Uh, seven. Number seven. Breakout star of the year. So to counter. Oh, sorry. Did... <laughs> sorry. So to counter. So okay, to counter Daniel Garcia. He's the opposite of being a sports entertainer, okay? And I still hear some feedback. I know, because I'm fucking with you. Okay. <laughs> Turn, Turn it off. off. Sorry. <laughs> so, to counter the sports entertainer, he's a wrestler also, former oh. pure champion. He's BCC for life, baby. <laughs> and that's Wheeler Yuta. Going back to that John Moxley match that he had earlier this year, that to me was like, holy shit, he just broke out. That yeah. match, and I know we kind of shit on Rampage, but it happened on Rampage. No. It was one of the best Rampage matches this year, John Moxley, Willie Yuta. Since then, I think he's been on a roll. Uh, he's going to have another match with Daniel Garcia tonight. I expect that to be a good match. But I'm really curious to see what he's going to do in 2023. But he definitely did have to make our list of top 10 of the year. Yeah, I mean, going to the BCC was the best thing this guy could have ever done. I mean, uh, he he had a bunch of matches, like random matches on like Rampages and Dynamites before this, you know, with the best friends and stuff like that. But he once he broke away from them, his career really, really, really took off. I mean, he's just an incredible performer. Like you said, the match uh, with Mox was one of the best matches on Rampage that we've ever seen. One of the best matches of the year, too. A very underrated match that I think a lot of people forgot about. And uh, yeah, he's just been killing it alongside, like, uh, you know, Mox and Claudio and Brian, me working with those guys has obviously benefited him in, in a huge way. And uh, yeah, he's got another big match tonight against, like we just mentioned, Daniel Garcia. These two are studs, man. These two could definitely, you know, we say this a lot because AEW's got their pillars and whatnot. Oh, yeah. 
these two guys, man, are two guys that could be real big, you know, players for this company for a long, long time. If if we could somehow, because I was I was after this week's Dynamite after watching that Ricky Starks and MJF promo, I was like, if we could somehow extend the pillars from four to like ten, I could easily. Who's to say we can't? Right. I, I know the e- pillars are yeah, normally four. Right. We can do whatever the hell we want. So, so, like, Bobby. so like if Britt Baker and Ricky Starks are like fifth and sixth pillar, I could easily see Willie Yuta and Daniel Garcia somehow making the top ten pillars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. Hey, they got all the they got all the all the tools to to succeed and shine and carry the company on their backs for the future. So yeah, who's to I hope, say? I hope they who's do. To who's to say? You know? All who's right. To say? Uh, go ahead, Leo. Okay. <laughs> what up, Lacey? Um, hey, we have some, uh, before we go forward with this, we have some things from the chat, like Iridian Fierro says, yes, Speedball, and BCC for life. Uh, and, <laughs> and she says that she cannot with Leo. Number six. Are we number six? By the way, shout out to Iridian, because now her new nickname is the BCCC, which is the BCCC. Blackpool Combat Club Consultant. <laughs> <laughs> That's her gimmick. That is our gimmick. It's great. It's yeah. absolutely outstanding. <laughs> don't out. don't Google it though. But go ahead. Yeah. Good <laughs> oh <my> sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Coming in at number seven. Um, number seven. Another individual that's been having a great year and a plethora of momentum. Okay. Um, I think the second she started getting spotlighted and just putting on these great matches, people were like. We want her. Screw everyone else in this division. Mm. We want her. We want her as champion. And guess what? She is the current AEW Women's Champion, and that's Jamie Hayter. There's, it was impossible for her not to be on this list. Um, some could argue she could be higher up. Unfortunately, she's not higher up in this list. But if you want to mm. make that argument, listen, I wouldn't argue with you. But Jamie Hayter, she's coming in at number seven. No, actually. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three, two, uh, six. <laughs> Number six. 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 Wow, you, you just completely threw me off. No, I didn't throw you off. I didn't say anything. Because you kept on counting. I was being quiet. <laughs> Come in, number yeah. six. Yeah, listen, she's uh, got super over, mm-hmm. has done nothing but deliver every single time she's been in there. A workhorse, uh, one of the best in the division right now, and obviously got the championship to prove it. So, yeah, big win at full gear. I'm glad they, uh, you know, they're riding her momentum and how over she is. And, uh, yeah, Jamie Hayter is the real freaking deal, man. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what they do with, like, Jamie Hayter and the Britt Baker story. I would mm-hmm. love to see them have the match of Revolution, but we don't really know where that's going. But yeah. there's a lot of momentum with her. I just want... Now that she's champion, like, don't do the same mistakes you did with Thunder Rosa earlier this year where she was champion and we rarely saw her on TV. Like, let me keep seeing Jamie Hayter because everybody wants to see her. Yeah, I mean, if they take her off TV, that's a big mistake. I mean, listen, I feel like it's been a common thing, too, where AEW gives the women's title to somebody and it's a it's a great win right off the bat and everybody's excited for it. But then their run as champion is just absolutely god awful. Um Sheeta had a good run, obviously, but that got stale very quickly. Britt had a good run, but again, got stale pretty quickly. I just hope the same thing doesn't happen with Jamie. Uh, keep her hot. Keep putting her out there. I mean, because even before she was champion, she was on TV almost every week with Britt. You know, so keep it going, keep it riding, and let her hold that title for as long as 
she's over, you know, yeah. if she's, you know, until I guess we get tired of her because, you know, wrestling fans, they get tired of things very easily. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, Who knows? Yeah. But they're very fickle. Fickle. Yep. Fickle. All right, Leo. Go ahead. Number five. Coming in number five. Johnny five. Disassembled. He's coming in number five. He has. He has a lot of momentum right now, but I want to take it back. I want to take it back when he was still part of Team Taz and just the incredible matches him and Hobbs were having as a unit. Now he's having the single stretch. He has a big match coming next week, and that's my guy, absolute Ricky Starks. By the way, I had a conversation with him at All Out Weekend, and he's a great guy. Yeah, he really is. He's awesome. I mean, couldn't be more down to earth. What a year. Obviously ending it with a bang. Um not going to win the title probably next week. I think we can all agree on that. But Absolutely. the fact that he's just getting the opportunity, I mean, it's it's been long overdue. Yep. Talk about pillars, man. <laughs> this guy's another one that I would really just build the company around in the future. He's got everything. And based on the promo that he cut this past week, I mean, he could do it all. So Ricky is just, he's the man, bro. And he's absolutely going to be on this list because what a year. I think with Ricky Starks, I knew he had it the second I yeah. was watching NWA Power, like when NWA Power was actually good. Like he was one of the main reasons I even watched the show. I even told him that too. One of the main reasons I even watched the show was because of you. Like you just have that it factor. And the second he signed with AEW and he was like permanently part of AEW, I think in many ways, and I know this sounds kind of crazy, and I'm not trying to be an AEW shill here, but I think a dream face-off was always Ricky Starks and MJF because they both are so great on the mic. Fast forward to Maxie this. Fast forward to this past <laughs> week on Dynamite, man. This whole segment didn't disappoint. Like MJF went at Ricky Starks yeah. hard. Okay, like he broke him down. He told him that he's like a dollar <laughs> Dollar Tree Dwayne. Dollar Tree, <laughs> a Dwayne. Which in many ways that's kind of like. That's not even like an insult. In many ways, that's kind of like a you're kind of like giving him his props because that's how good he is. Like you're comparing him to the Rock, right? But then he kind of looks like one too, a young Rock, just right. based on the his looks pebble. too. And then the Rock, and then the I was gonna call him the Rock, but now Ricky Starks responds back and that in such that passionate promo that he cut towards MJF, it made you believe for a second. Like it made me believe, like. Man, Ricky got this next week. I know he. I know he's not. But I think this is one of those situations where. I think we know Ricky Starks is going to lose, but I don't think this is going to hurt Ricky Starks if you somehow keep them separated and then maybe a year from now, MJF is still champion and you kind of revisit this story yeah. again. Like, I could see, and I know people are going to call me crazy here, but Too I could crazy. see the like the parallels of like Rock and Austin with MJF and Ricky. Hey, in the future, yeah. I mean, who's to say they can't be? I who's mean, that's to say? Just, who's to say? Yeah, right. Who's to say? We can say whatever we want. And it's not an outlandish <laughs> statement at all to make. I mean, yeah, I totally 100% agree. Just, it doesn't even matter. Like, this match next week, I mean, I guess you could say it's his coming out party, even yeah. though I feel like he's already had that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's being featured on television in a big main event spot for the top prize in, in the company just says a lot about you know what they think of ricky starks and rightfully so so yeah i mean they just got to keep the momentum going after this loss it's listen i feel like a lot of people overreact when they're like oh this guy's gonna lose you know it's gonna hurt him listen to hurt him i mean this is pro wrestling bro like the somebody can lose like five straight matches and then rattle off the next 10 and they could be fine you could forget that they even lost the previous five you know what i'm saying right so he's just gonna be fine he's he's a top star and i just you know future tnt champ 
Why not, man? He should be holding some gold in some capacity. So give me it. I do I do think at some point I could see him as a world champion. I could see him holding that title at some point. Oh, yeah, as a world champ for sure. But I think, you know, in the meantime, while he's not going to be world champion, why not make him TNT champ, you know? Uh, remember one thing, too. Uh, when you have guys like this, especially with a baby face, you need the baby face to face adversity. You need him to be the underdog because if he's not the underdog, then he's the heel. Yep. Is the chase at the end of the day. And w- and going back to Mario's point with, with uh, Pebble, um, he was the one that stood out in that whole NWA. He was the only one that looked like the future. Right. When NWA was looking like the past. Yep. That's why I remember us having this conversation where we said he wasn't going to last long there. You know? Time went by, and then the guy is no longer there, and then we see who the actual star was of that whole thing. Now they have Tyrus. Well, we'll talk about NWA later, but. <laughs> All right. Okay, All right, wait. Number. What, what number? Four. Number four. So in this case, we could either take it down under or we could go to Japan. And what I mean by that, we're going to talk about Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. For those who don't know who they are. I have no idea who they are. That's the Aussie Open. United Empire, baby. Ah, Great tag team. Former New Japan Strong Tag Champions. They've been killing it all over. Besides New Japan, they've been killing it all over the Indies. This is a tag team to watch in the year that's coming up, man. I love this tag team, and only bigger and better things are going to happen. And I can easily see them breaking the top 10 tag team list next year for the Luchis. Yeah, absolutely. They had a great year. I think they... You know, Leo just said who like that they've yeah. been introduced, I think, to an audience this year, uh, not in a major way. But I mean, you got a little taste of what those two are all about. I used to watch them in progress um, going back years ago. So I was pretty familiar with them. But, you know, appearing on AEW TV with Will Ospreay this year and, of course, doing great stuff in New Japan. Uh, yeah, I think they're definitely deserving to be on here. It's And like you said, definitely a team to look out for in 2023. I think they could even be bigger stars uh, next year. All right, Leo stepped out, so you're not going to hear the little chipmunk voice. So coming in at number three, a guy that's been having an incredible, ah, let me rephrase that. He had a really, really good year, and he had strong momentum. There you go. (laughs) A little backup. So he had a really strong opening year, and due to some backstage conflict and some controversy, that kind of hurt him a little bit, but I don't want them to, like, I don't want that to shadow what a year he has been having, and I think if he would have continued in this momentum, you could have probably made the argument that he could have been number one. Unfortunately, he's coming in number three, and that's the war dog, Wardlow. Number three. Yeah, (laughs) he was red hot Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the year, feuding with MJF as MJF's lackey. And then had that win over MJF, which should have been a lot bigger than it actually ended up being because of the controversy, like you said, surrounding MJF. Then he won the TNT title, and man, oh man, like what a miserable, miserable run. But I think he has to be on this list just be- just because he became one of you know one of the most popular guys on yep. the roster, very beloved mm-hmm. and really over. Oh at that yeah, point. women love this oh, guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, the war yeah. Daddy, man. Shout oh, out he's to very love popular among that crowd. <laughs> Yeah, love, so uh, love the war dog. <laughs> he's coming after Samoa Joe. So I mean, listen, I hope he has another uh, great year next year. Again, another guy who I could see the company building around, and another guy who could really com- carry the company on his back and become world champion in the future too. So listen, some could say 
He might be another pillar. Who's to say? Who's to say? Right. Yeah. There you go. Pillar number eleven. Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? He could be a pillar. What are we building? A tower here? <laughs> Eighty-seven pillars. Well, I mean, they do have two hundred and seventy-five people employed. So exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> why not? Why That's not? only the top twenty-five third. pillars to to match up with the one hundred fifty, probably one hundred sixty now since the last time we talked about it. <laughs> Ar Fox, baby. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. But. Number. <laughs> number. Number. Number, 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 number. Two, two, two. And you know what's Dos. so ironic, and it just hit me right now, right? Number two. And I wonder if you know where I'm going with this. Who? Number two. Dose. Kind of looks like a scissor, which means hey. everyone loves the acclaim, hey. and they are number two when it I comes to those. breakout star of the year. Max Caster, Anthony Bowens. Listen, I've been following Anthony Bowens years ago in WrestlePro and Rawway. So I always knew he was a great talent. I just never knew that he was this charismatic. And mm. Max Caster and him together as yeah. a unit, like, man, this year alone. Like, you kind of saw potential <laughs> when they first formed the tag team when, um, when we were having the dark days during COVID, the pandemic, or whatever. Like, you could, like, okay, you could see kind of there was chemistry there, but they are still nope. trying to work Damn. out kinks and trying to figure things out, right? This year, even as heels, when they started the year as heels, they're grabbing the attention from the audience. People were excited to hear Matt Caster's raps and freestyles. Anthony Bowens, just the whole scissor me daddy ass and yeah. adding Billy Gunn to the mix. Like, come on, man. The acclaim. And I know some of you are going to argue and be like, well, well how come they weren't in the tag team list of the year? Because, <laughs> according the, to, the last quarter of the year is when we really got to see them mm-hmm. As a tag team, putting on these great matches, not throughout the whole year. It was the last quarter. So maybe next year they will make our list. But for this year, they're coming in a number dose of breakout stars of the year. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) talk about over, man. Holy cow, over like freaking Rover. These two guys couldn't be happy for for them. Uh, Another duo that Tony Khan had a vision for, he put together (laughs) – and these two guys were single stars, uh, but introduced to the AEW audience as a tag team. And ever since, man, their rise has been absolutely incredible. They're breaking out performance at All Out this year. I mean, my goodness, people were calling for audibles, mm-hmm. uh, wanted them to win so freaking badly, ended up winning at Grand Slam. Uh, the scissor game, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> geez, God, that, that. I mean, who would have ever thought that would get over? Man. I don't think either of those two guys ever thought that would happen billy gunn with the group too i mean breaking away from his sons and and joining them was the best thing that to happen to those guys as well max caster a long island guy you'll love to see it anthony oh, bowen yeah. doing a lot of stuff uh on the new jersey wrestling scene <sighs> my goodness man everybody loves the acclaim they're outstanding can we add billy gunn to the breakout star of the year as an honorable mention because billy gunn has been just phoning it in doing this whole dx thing and this has nothing to do with DX. This is something yeah. totally different. This is him. Mm-hmm. So I, I I put him in my list as an honorable mention. Uh, one thing I definitely wanted to throw out there, and you get you guys will get a laugh at this. Um, so when I was at Full Gear, right? I was with uh, I was you was at Full Gear too, but I was with um, you know Lucha Outsiders alumni Sam. So when the claim came out, right? You know everybody's like scissoring each other. You know like you know like whatever, right? <laughs> Were you scissoring with Sam? Sam goes like. <laughs> And I'm like, if you don't get the two fingers away from me, I'm not scissoring another man. Listen, I get it. I get everybody. Get that shit away from me. I get it. I get it. You know, the whole scissoring, scissoring me, daddy ass. Ha ha. Listen, I love the gimmick. But I'm not. I'm a grown man. I am not scissoring another grown man. Now, if it's a female, that's a different story. I 
Listen, you want a scissor? No problem. But I'm not scissoring another grown ass man. <laughs> the way you're saying that. <laughs> okay. Another thing I wanted to throw out there was that all out. We were talking about you were talking about the just incredible match they had with serving our glory. That match set the tone that they just couldn't overcome. That match was simply perfect in ring wise, but also the crowd involvement. They try to do it again at Grand Slam. Yes, the crowd was involved, but the match wasn't great. It, it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't as great as it all out. Fast forward at full gear, they have the match the third time, and guess what? Nobody cared about the match because there was a yeah. fucking fight breaking out in the crowd. So that, to me, like, that match was really unnecessary. Like, I didn't need to see that match. Nonetheless, Acclaim has had a great year, okay? <laughs> Yeah, this, we did not need did not need to see this match three times. Um, the first one is an all time classic in yep. my opinion. It was just on, and being in that crowd yep. was just. I mean, you could attest to this too. It was an incredible atmosphere. Like I, I still actually have not ever watched that back on TV. Um, so I don't. I mean, I would assume that came off pretty well on television as well. But my goodness, being in that crowd was just unfreaking believable that night. And then their big win at Grand Slam too was awesome. So. Yeah, just one hell of a year. All right, guys, you ready to piss some people off? <laughs> yes, we are. Coming in at number one for the breakout star of the year. Number one. A-Town. Man, the Peckerheads are going to be pissed off. You know I don't, like it. I don't think anyone saw this one coming. Number one. Breakout star of the year. All day, Austin Theory. A guy that I'm not necessarily a big fan of either, to be honest with you. But you got to give his due. I got to take away my personal preference on how I feel about certain wrestlers, okay? Because while I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the guy, okay, I'm not going to take away that he's not a great wrestler because he is a great wrestler. Now, throughout the year, it's been like it's been like a rocky bound, okay? It's been like this, all right? It's been a lot of waves. It's been a lot of stuff that just didn't make sense, and then there's been stuff like, okay, I'm, I'm getting too much Austin Theory, but nonetheless, that the impact there. that he's been having on WWE programming, it's like no other, and there's no denying that. And I know that might piss some of you off, but he's a two-time United Dose. States champion. He Dose. had a failed cash in that Money in the Bank. Dose. He's Vince McMahon's, you know, personal... Fluffer. Favorite guy, whatever you want to call it. Nonetheless, he had an incredible moment at a fucking yeah. uh, WrestleMania this year. He got stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Listen, yeah. while yeah. i necessarily not the biggest fan of the guy, you got to give him credit. And he's coming in at number one, breakout <laughs> star of the year. Yeah, listen, we're not picking our favorites on here. We're just, we got we got to go with who had a great year. I mean, it's just it's just the the realism of it. I mean, Money in the Bank winner, big spot at WrestleMania, one that he'll never forget, you know, getting stunned by Steve Austin and being Vince McMahon's right-hand guy. I mean, basically oh, yeah, being yeah. a hand-picked guy. Big and that's Vince such a McMahon big guy. freaking mm -hmm. deal. That's a big freaking deal. United States champion two times. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, there's no denying it. Whether you love him or you hate him, he had a great year. Let's even despite the the, uh, the failed cash-in for the yep. Money in the Bank briefcase. He had one hell of a year. And it's only going to continue because I think yep. Triple H is reshaping him into being Absolutely. the guy that he wants him to be. And listen, this guy's got all the potential in the world. Yeah, he hasn't been booked great. His character is a little meh. But listen, this is a guy who 
I feel like they think could be the next John Cena type of guy. And I know it sounds crazy, but hey, if he's booked right, why not? Yeah. And listen, people, something that we wanted for Austin Theory, he got his first name back. He's not just Theory anymore. Yeah. He's Austin Theory. And like you said, just now the version of Austin Theory that we're getting on TV, the phone is out of here, the stupid, goofy attitude. Like he, he doesn't look like a like just like such a, a cornball anymore. Like now there, yeah. there's something. Something is going on with Austin Theory. So let's see what happens next year. But I know some of you might be pissed off, but he's our number one breakout star of the year. All right, guys. We're ready. We're ready. Hold on. Hey, we got some music now. What's the next category? Uh, my personal favorite, and we're ready to laugh. The Sippies. Congratulations, oh. you played yourself yeah. of the year. Oh, People baby. were asking for it, and we haven't. <laughs> You asked for it. You got it. Here comes the sippies. Coming in at number 10. This sounds like... <laughs> this sounds you asked like, for the music, this bro. This sounds like... A, uh, like <laughs> this sounds like a PBS like children's show. Or it something. really does. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's called Ticklish. So, coming in at number 10. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Pa- pause that real quick. Pause uh, that. Shut it off, Leo. Okay. okay. I do want to make make some honorable mentions for breakout stars of the of the year. Some that just couldn't break out the top ten, but I definitely wanted to mention them. Logan Paul, three matches this year. Um, listen, before we hit live, before we hit record, before we went live on Facebook, me and Ryan were like reconsidering, like, should we throw him on the list? But I think next year I could see him making this list. Not this year, but just a match he had with Roman Reigns alone. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Like, some could argue that's one of the best matches of this year, okay? Yeah. Uh, Roxy Perez from NXT. She Listen, the, the future's so bright with that girl. Uh, Willow Nightingale, finally, after years of grinding in the independence, she finally getting some shine on national TV. Uh, Solo Sokoa, the only reason he didn't break the top 10, I know he's doing big things with the bloodline now. I could see him making the top 10 list next year, but I know there was some injury involved this year, and then it was like the NXT stuff, so he couldn't quite break down, uh, break the top 10. Masha Slamovich. Now, this girl is a girl to watch this next year. She's been putting on phenomenal matches, not only in Impact Wrestling and Independence, but also the deathmatch scene, ICW, GCW. So look out for Masha Slamovich. Also, Hook. I want to give a congratulations to someone, okay? I can't think of who, but last year doing the Luchis, all right? Someone said that Hook was going to be number one this year for Breakout Star of the (laughs) Year. And I said, you're going to jinx the fucking guy. So whoever said that, you get one of these. Congratulations. Because you jinxed Hook. He still had a good year. And what we saw from Hook was great, but not great enough to break down the top 10. Um, Clark Connors, we can't forget the great moment he had at Forbidden Door where nobody cared about Clark Connors being in this fatal four-way for the All-Atlantic Championship. By by the end of the match, the whole crowd in the United Center, because I was there, baby, was saying, let's go Clark. And from then on, people loved them some Clark Connors. Uh, Takeshita, another guy. We just saw him in Rampage this uh, last night. He's been putting on phenomenal matches. He just couldn't break the top 10. I feel like the 10 that we named just had bigger and better year than Takeshita, but he's another guy that could see him popping up next year. And then uh, our guy, Shooter, Unimo, um, Shooter, um, the guy that looks like Tanahashi now, he looks like a young Tanahashi. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, he does. He had an incredible performance in um in that six man tag at the Forbidden Door. I believe it was him, Wheeler Yuta, and was it Eddie Kingston versus uh. Chris Jericho, Sammy G, and Minoru Suzuki. I think that was the <laughs> opening match of Forbidden Door. Listen, man, mm-hmm. Jericho made this guy look like a fucking star, and he's another guy. I see big things coming out in New Japan. So those are some honorable mentions. Ryan, I don't know if you want to add anything to those names, but... Uh... Yeah, no, just, uh, you know, really deserving to mention. Of course, that's why they're they're there. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. 100%. The, all of these people right here could be potentially on the top 10 list next year. Um, you can even add in, uh, you talk about Roxy Perez, you can even add in Cora Jade into yep. that too. 1,000%. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, Takeshita, Shota, Hook, uh, Solo, Willow, Masha. I mean, yeah, listen, these, all, all they're fantastic and they got so much upside to them. So 2023 could be big years for them. All right. Are we ready for the sippies? Yeah, we're ready. Don't make me laugh. You asked for it, and we give it to you. These are the sippies of the year. Congratulations. What is you this? played yourself. What is this, Little Mermaid? I don't know, dude. It says, it says girasol. All right, turn it off. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Coming in number 10. All right. Who? We're going to give it to GCW. Congratulations, you played yourself. And the reason we're going to give it to GCW, and some might be shocked. Number 10. I'm a big GCW guy, okay? I'm starting off my year in 2023 going to a GCW show. So why in the hell will we give a congratulations to GCW? And I'm going to tell you why. Because back, way back earlier this year, when GCW made their debut at the Hammerstein Ballroom, the show felt like GCWWE. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is GCW didn't give us a show that brought them to the dance. This is GCW's biggest show they've ever done. Okay, the Hammerstein Ballroom. They broke records. And I'm not saying the show was bad. It wasn't a bad show. But it just wasn't what we're used to. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, well, what do you expect? They were in New York. They can't do death matches. GCW has evolved from just death matches. They don't. They didn't need to give us a death match show, but they should have gave us what the GCW audience is used to. We, we necessarily didn't need to see some of the shenanigans that we, what we got at that Hammerstein show. I'll give you an example. Four for O was that whole storyline where Ricky Shane Page, Atticus Kolgar, Eddie Olney, all these guys. Legit carried GCW on their backs during the pandemic, okay? During these pandemic shows. That whole storyline where Ricky Shane Page was the GCW world champion who made the title a world title. That story with Nick Gage. That's what took, in my opinion, and some people might not like this, took GCW to the next level, okay? And then obviously guys like Matt Cardona and John Moxley also added to that. But who set the foundation for that was 440. What do you do? The GCW Hammerstein show? I'm thinking Atticus Kolgar is going to make a surprise appearance in the ladder match, which that was like an atrocity in itself. But no, he has a a BS segment where they're they're having a fight with Second Gear crew and then Sabu shows up. You don't do that to 440. You don't do that to one of the hottest stories that wasn't GCW during the pandemic. You don't do that. So just little booking, booking... ideas and stuff like that just kind of made me sour on stuff and then also like a lot of the not gcw originals winning their matches like a jeff Jarrett, like a ruby soho 
and and I like them, but I just feel like guys like Effie and like someone like Alley Catch should have won their their matches. It was still a good show. I'm not gonna say it was a bad show, but they get a congratulations in their number ten. It's nothing too too serious, but I just think they did not they did not give us a show what brought them to the dance. And hopefully they learned from that. And the next Hammerstein Ballroom show, they'll be more GCW than GCWWE. Yeah, it was uh, a memorable show, but for all the wrong reasons. And it's a really a shame because this is a show that we were both really looking forward to. Uh, there was a lot of hype around it, you know, being on pay-per-view, selling out the Hammerstein Ballroom. I mean, it was a big deal. And it was just a big swing and a miss. And even Brett Lauderdale, the owner of GCW, he even knows that. He came out tweeting about all the issues that they had and things like that. And if he ever got a second chance, which I think, you know, it's fair to say he probably will in the future. Um, he's going to make things right. Um, so in a way, it was a good thing because it's a learning experience for them. You know, young company debuting on pay-per-view, first time at the Hammerstein, which is obviously the most historic venue, one of the most historic venues in wrestling. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from the ladder match disaster where the, all these guys tried to kill themselves and do way too much to the veterans like a Ruby Soho and a Jeff Jarrett coming in and basically burying the GCW homegrown talent in Effie and Alley Catch and then even the main event running out of time. I mean, God, that was like cut short that tag title match for reasons because of, I guess, you know, the, the timing issues that they had. And like you said, the, the segment with 440 and Sabu and... I mean, really just, like you said, not a terrible show, but also not a great show. Not not a show a lot of people were expecting it to be. So if they ever got a second chance, um, I think it'll be a whole different story. But yeah, I mean, just not the best way to open up the year for GCW. Of course, they recovered. They ended up having a good year as a company, but they started off the year uh, not the way we all thought, not the way that they wanted to as well. So big swing and a miss on that show. All right, coming in at number nine. Yeah, Leo had to step out. Coming in at number nine, we're going to give it to Impact Wrestling. Okay, we're going to give it to Impact. Congratulations, you played yourself. And the reason we're going to give it to Impact Wrestling is because in 2022, for whatever reason, they decided. Now, keep in mind, Impact Wrestling started pretty hot this year with, like, the Ring of Honor invasion. And you had Jonathan Grisham defending his Ring of Honor title there. And then the whole Honor No More stable, the Good Brothers Bullet Club. Like, they started off the year hot. And then Josh Alexander putting on that incredible match with Moose at Rebellion, winning the title. Josh just continues putting on these phenomenal matches. So, listen, this congratulation is not that Impact is a terrible product, but somehow to end the year, they decided, hey, what can we do? You know what? We're going to book Bully Ray in a main event fucking feud with Josh Alexander, a feud that nobody wants to fucking see. And that's not because of Josh, but it's because of Bully Ray. Nobody gives a shit about Bully Ray in 2022. The fact that they don't realize that is is that's everything that encapsulates everything that's wrong with Impact Wrestling. Listen, is it a decent product? I guess. All right. Based on what you say and what everybody else says, it seems like the shows week to week are enjoyable to watch. But the company never has any momentum to it when they have something big that goes down. They're the talk of the wrestling world for about maybe 24 hours and the people are over it or they botch it. And the fact that they brought in Bully Ray here to feud with Josh Alexander, they're actually putting that title match on a pay-per-view to start off the year. I mean, just that just goes to show how out of touch Impact is with certain things. Absolutely nobody wants to see Bully Ray ever again. I mean, listen, this guy should hang it up and retire and just stick to doing Busted Open, which 
seems like he's pretty unbearable on there too. Um, this dude just, uh, he's just awful, man. He really is awful. And, uh, you know, he's a great heel. There's no doubt about that. At one point, he was one of my favorites when he was leader of the Aces and Eights going back years ago in TNA. And he still got that heel side to him. You know, I saw that that um, segment with Josh Alexander and, and his wife and stuff like that. There's no doubt that Bully Ray is an outstanding heel. Just nobody cares anymore, you know? Nobody cares anymore. And the fact that Impact doesn't see that is just a real, just, <laughs> real shame. I mean, really, I, I don't know how they, they could possibly have a top main event featuring Bully Ray in the year of 2023. But it's Impact Wrestling for you. Yeah, it's uh, it just makes no sense at all. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate because it's impact being impact, right? Like, that's like, it, it, it's a very it, impact thing to do. Listen, it's just not like, I, I don't want to sit here and bury impact all the time. But, man, they make it super easy because of all the all the things that they do. And this is just the cherry on top of, of the year that they've had. So, and they're starting off the year in the same same fashion, so. All right, coming in at number eight. I guess Leo. Coming in at number eight. Um, Number eight. Okay, Leo's back. Coming in at number eight. We're going to give it to Braun Strowman. Congratulations. You played yourself. So you would think this guy, right, since getting released from the WWE and, you know, being on the indies and not being necessarily like the hottest commodity that he thought he was going to be because he didn't get picked up by AW, He didn't get picked up by Impact. He didn't even do a New Japan run. He was just doing indies. He was doing um, EC3's Control Your Narrative bullshit, but yeah, uh-huh. Um, but nonetheless, you thought that some people thought that he was going to be a hot commodity. Well, guess what? That wasn't it. So somehow he gets re-signed by the WWE. And at the time, I was like, okay, I get it. You know, he was... Once the one of the hottest fucking stars on the WWE roster at one point. So they bring him back. So you think he would be a little bit more humbled. And guess what? He wasn't. Because after Crown Jewel, he decided to tweet out this. Holy hell, Giant Omos. Can you believe we got a 47 star reminding the people that no one cares about all these floppy floppers? Giants and monsters. Urgh. Flippy flapper bag groceries. Urgh. Hashtag airport test. Hashtag size is the price. Hashtag soul is the goal. Urgh. That's a really good. Sounds just like that. was really good. That was a deserve an A star, A plus. Congratulations. You played yourself. Well, guess what? He ended up losing to the World Club to Ricochet. And yeah. So, um,. I don't know if that's a receipt. I don't know if that's punishment. But regardless, Braun Strowman, you are talented for what you do. But at the same time, let's humble yourself, all right? Because if you was to get released again, guess what? Nobody would give a shit. You can control your narrative. Exactly. Yeah, listen. Wrestling's a buffet, man. There's so many different styles. There's uh, what Braun Strowman does. There's the flippy shit that he hates. Um, there's the technical side of things. There's so many different things. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's the buffet. It's a, a different flavor of ice cream. That's why wrestling, uh, piques the interest of so many different people because people prefer different things. And that's, what's great about it. You know, not every guy is the same. They do different things. The fact that Braun Strowman can't just appreciate the heavyweight style and he has to shit on everything. That's not that just goes to show what type of guy he is man and the fact that he didn't learn his lesson from the first time where he buried the indies around the pandemic Mm -hmm. uh the fact that being released and having to do the indies didn't open his eyes um you know to all the different styles and things like that 
just goes to show that this Jew, this dude, just he he really just he's in the position that he's in. He's lucky he is, but uh, he he just doesn't get it. And the fact that he basically buried half of his own locker room to the point where Mustafa Ali and even Ricochet himself were tweeting back at Braun Strowman. I mean, how Chris Jericho tweeted, "I used to bag groceries." <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, this dude just is clueless, man. He don't have a freaking clue. And like you said, he's talented. There's no doubt about it. But I just have no respect for this guy. I'm not a fan of his. And he's, like I said, he's just a big, big moron. That's have all he is. have you guys big seen the meat, video? Head juiced up uh, moron. All muscles, no brain cells. Have you guys yep. ever seen the video where he's at a uh, weightlifting competition and there's a guy? It's kind of it's 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 a joke, right? He basically goes around asking, "Yo, how much do you weigh? Like, how tall are you?" And then when they tell when they tell him. He actually measures them and gets them to, like, get on a scale. And Braun was like, no, you can't record me. You can't record me. I'm not going to oh, do yeah. this. I'm not going to do this. Tweeted, someone yeah, tweeted that asshole. to respond to him. Like, uh, I forget what wrestler said something about the whole. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I can't go, think of, go yeah. away yourself now yeah. or some shit like that. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, I do Fuck remember that. Fuck that guy, dude. All right. Uh, Bro. Coming in at number seven. Number seven. Number seven. There you go. We're gonna give it to Ric Flair, okay? Woo! And that's and there's different layers to this one. Okay. Woo! We're gonna the first one we're gonna take it back. Okay, Sorry. Leo. The first one we're gonna take it back to WrestleMania. And I quote, he decided to tweet this out. He tweeted out that Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey was the greatest women's match he's ever watched. <laughs> it wasn't even the greatest match on the whole fucking card. What's wrong with this guy? It wasn't even the greatest match in that slot. Like, hey, listen, it, it, you can have his opinion, man, but, I mean, I've seen a, a lot better Charlotte matches, okay? Uh, oh God, I mean. That was the, that was probably the worst match on, on, on both nights. Yeah, it was. You know what? I'm going to take it a it step further. It was a match. Further. I'm going to take it a step further, okay? That was the worst match that whole weekend. <laughs> I ain't arguing it. it was. I can't argue it. It was awful. So fucking bad. And here's a and here's a second layer to the congratulations for Ric Flair. His last match pay-per-view. Okay? Not the pay-per-view as a whole, but the match he had with him and Andrade versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. When I tell you, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Andrade had a legit carry this man. He was already gassed when he was doing his entrance alone. Mm-hmm. And I know some of you are going to be like, well, what do you expect? He's a 77-year-old man doing his last match. What do you think? Then gonna... don't be out then there. Then don't be out there. Thank you. I get that. That's what he wanted to do. But you also got to face criticism. And he didn't look good. He did not look good. And I know the, the, the Ric Flair fans that love everything he fucking does, the guy looked washed. And the irony thing about that was Taker was in the audience and even Taker was concerned about him. And this is coming from a guy that Taker should have retired like five, ten years ago too. Prior. Do we even believe this was his last match? That's another thing. Well, you know what? I don't give a shit. (laughs) I I mean, yeah, of course. I don't give a shit either. I wasn't, you know, I had no interest in this. This was a complete money grab in my opinion. What a a just a a freaking absolute flop, a giant shit show. Ric Flair at like 78 years old having one last match. I mean, my goodness. Like, and I'm not even convinced it was his last match either. Um, But yeah, I mean, come on. Did anybody expect anything different, you know? Well, when asked why he unretired, he said, because I got divorced. So... If he's going to keep doing that, then it's never going to be his last match. That man will <laughs> die in the ring. Yep. 
Mamma mia! Okay, coming to number six. Number six. It's so funny because we were talking about breakout stars of the year with Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Now, coming to number six, it's Austin Theory's cashing. <laughs> oh, he does me. Listen, man. Um, Congratulations. You played yourself. I know from what we're getting now, right, this version of Austin Theory, some people are like, oh, well, you know what? If th if that's the reason why we had the fail cash and to guess this version of Austin Theory, that's okay. But you know what? We could have still gotten this version of Austin Theory without him cashing the, 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 the briefcase on the United States Championship. That's never fucking happened before. And some of these WWE blowtorches are trying to defend that and say, well, he could cash in on any title. If that was the case, how come we never seen it before? It's a world title. Stop making excuses for poor booking. Yeah, this, this was bad. This was real bad. And then uh, nonetheless, it was like an open challenge, I believe, too, where he cashed this in. So he could have like just challenged for the title without having cash in the briefcase logically. But, I mean, yeah, what a big swing and a miss. Um, listen, he should have never won the briefcase in the first place. I think we could all agree with that. But, yeah, this cash in was laughable. One of the worst of all time. Yep. Thankfully, I think he's rebounded. Okay? We just talked about him. We just put him over in an insane way with the breakout star mm -hmm. of the year. So he's rebounded. Yes. But my gut is it's going to go down as one of the all-time worst cash-ins in history. Absolutely. And he looks like a complete goof for cashing in on, yep. on a mid-card title when you have basically a golden ticket for the world title. They could have even cashed in on the NXT title, and I, that would have been more acceptable for me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, at least it's a world title. Mm -hmm. It would have still been weird, right. but it's a world title. Right. It would have been and more acceptable they, you know, for me. Yep. He, he could have just been like, you know, hey, I saw an opportunity to become a world champion, but obviously with the bloodline, you know, I, I didn't see that as a possibility. So this is the next best thing. Like, he could have made something out Listen, of it. Some, but... people, some people were praising that that excuse or that response like, oh, with the bloodline. Well, to me, that was a, just a poor excuse. It was just poor booking for me. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, not a I mean, fan of it. Thing, not a fan yeah. of it at all. Yeah. All right. Coming in at number five, <laughs> we're going back to Bully Ray. Now, some of you are going to be like, Conquer. Bully Ray again? You know, didn't imp wasn't the impact one enough? No, no, no. Some people forget. Earlier this year, all right, when John Moxley went to rehab because he had a, a an alcohol issue, okay, when he finally made his return to Dynamite earlier this year, back in January, all right, everybody's so happy to see this guy. This guy looked great. He looked like a completely different person. I think he was only out for two months, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ryan. Yeah. Guy looked completely different. He looked more in shape he looked a lot healthier and the fans are so happy he cut an amazing promo and it's so nuts how life works out right because at the time when he cut this promo he's saying that he's coming for everything that he deserves right because he bleeds this business which he bleeds in almost every match but nonetheless he was saying that he was coming for everything right so at the time i'm thinking like okay that's cool maybe He's going to put on some incredible feuds or whatever, but I didn't think that he was going to end up being, like, not only the backbone, but the face of the fucking company. Multi-time world champion this year. Like, none of us expected this. We just expected, like, he's going to have some great main event programs, right? But, man, what an incredible year did he have. Now, what does this have to do with Bully Ray? So, after he cut that promo, when he made his return, Bully Ray went on record on his show, Busted Open, which I do enjoy the show, Busted Open. Shout-out to Dave LaGreca. But this guy had the audacity to say, I would have loved to see John Moxley apologize to the fans. That's what I would have liked to see. What a terrible take from this fucking guy. John Moxley doesn't deserve to doesn't deserve that. Or he doesn't we don't need an apology. We're just happy to see this guy back. 
It was he took the initiative. He had an issue. He went to rehab. That's a terrible take from Bully Ray. So he gets a congratulations. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bully Ray just being Bully Ray. Um, it's absolutely cringe. It's absolutely horrible that he even said this in the first place. Listen, Mox owed didn't owe anybody anything. Any explanation is something that he went through. Something that I applaud him in dealing with. You know, he dealt with it himself. Really, two months. I mean, that we thought he was going to be out a hell of a lot longer yep. than that. Yep. He looked in incredible shape when he came back. One thousand percent. Put it behind him, and he had a great freaking year. <laughs> he owes Amazing. us nothing. Why? Because some a couple of people bought tickets to see him, and unfortunately, they couldn't see him. Like it doesn't fucking like. Listen, you probably saw, like, Jericho, you saw, like, Kenny, you saw Hangman, you saw a bunch of other guys on the card. If you paid money to see Mox and you were disappointed, listen, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I could see your disappointment, but you have to understand that this guy, like, unfortunately shit happens. But to <laughs> demand an apology from this guy after he comes back, I mean, who the hell does Bully Ray think he is? You know? and, I, and the funny thing was, I didn't see no fans saying, like, I wish... Moxley would apologize to me. Like people, people forget. Like these these wrestlers, these people that we see on our screens, they're they're human beings. They actually have lives. Moxley is a father, a husband. Okay, like we're not saying we're the last like on his list. And I'm not saying that Moxley doesn't care about his fans, but these people come first. Like they sacrifice a lot for us. Now we want an apology, and and you know we were burying the Hammerstein show a little bit. Um, uh, uh, but they came in number ten. But what I'll give credit to the Hammerstein show is everyone in that audience during the Moxley and Homicide match started saying "fuck, fuck Bully Ray." So yeah, that well deserved because that's pretty much it with the terrible fucking take. Yeah, just. <laughs> Again, Bully Ray being Bully Ray, man. I mean, it's the, he everything comes out of his mouth, man. It's it's, it's newsworthy in the worst way possible. Yeah. So, speaking of terrible, <laughs> okay, coming in at number four, we're gonna give it to the NWA Billy Corgan and Tyrus. Congratulations, <laughs> you played yourself. Billy Corgan decided, okay, in his mind, he decided that the the next wave, the next era of the NWA should be behind a guy named Tyrus, a.k.a. Brodus Clay. Master Funk. I went on record, and I still stand by this. Tyrus is the worst wrestler in the world today. He makes guys like... Yoshihashi look like Shawn Michaels <laughs> and Bret Hart. That's how bad Tyrus is. You decide after you just lost Nick Aldis, the face of the company, the guy that made NWA something, that made NWA matter again, which didn't last long, but still, he gave credibility to the NWA. You, you thought it was the right idea to give up Nick Aldis for Tyrus. This direction that Billy Corgan has with the NWA is going to... NWA is like, nobody gives a shit about the promotion. At one point... People did care about the NWA. I was one of them. You remember back before the world went to shit? Remember when Marty Scroll took over Ring of Honor and then he started showing up NWA and we got the tease that we were going to get the Nick Aldis-Marty Scroll feud part dose? Mm -hmm. People were excited to watch this. Now, I, I get it. The world went to shit and stuff, but still, man, this creative direction, people complain about Tony Khan, but the creative direction of Billy Corrigan, listen, 
AEW is worth millions of dollars, okay? NWA, I don't, they're not worth millions. Come on, man. What, what, what is, what are they doing over there? So that's why they get the congratulations. That's why they're coming in number four. And the worst part is he he came out, Billy Corgan, after this and said, you know, if you don't like it, then don't watch. Enough said. Don't have to tell me twice because I ain't watching. I don't even watch to begin with. But now you tell me not to watch because you're putting him out there. I'd, fine. Say no more. It's such a joke, man. I mean, <laughs> I want to support all these companies outside of the WWE and the AEWs. You know, you want to support the independents, okay? You want to support all the other companies, MLW, Bring of Honor, Impact, NWA. Let me tell you, most of it is complete trash, bro. And this is Terrible. exactly, Terrible. this is proof of it. This is proof why nobody can take shit outside of WWE and AEW serious. It's things like this. It's things like Impact bringing Bully Ray in. It's just awful, man. And uh, I mean, again, this dude doesn't deserve to even be in the wrestling ring, let alone being a world champion. Let him go do Fox News and that's it, okay? I mean, this is just, it's laughable. It's a complete and utter joke. It, it, and I don't know anybody who enjoys this stuff. I mean, yeah, Matt Cardone is posting all over his Instagram, oh, me and Tyrus, the contract signing for the rematch. Bro, the rematch? I don't even, even want to see it the first time. I mean, oh my, <gasps> even if they pull the belt off of Tyrus, they still made him the world champion, so yeah. they're still a joke. They, yeah. The NWA is a complete and utter joke. Think about it. Tyrus is now... He's now in history with guys like Ric Flair, Ugh. Harley Race, okay, Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> AJ Styles. Uh, Tyrus. It's, it's a joke, bro. Yeah. The NWA in 2022. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's a joke. All right. It's a complete joke. Coming to number three. Booker to Booker, okay? We're going to give it to Tony Khan. Listen, I'm, I love Tony. All right. Especially with some of the stuff that came out this week. I am sympathetic with Tony. All right. With stuff that with everything that just went to shit at all after all out brawl out and he was dealing with his sick mom, the two strokes. I do have sympathy for Tony. All right. I'm not one of these assholes that was fucking blowing Tony Khan and AEW for everything they were doing at first. And then some poor booking decisions happened and some shit that didn't make sense. Oh, fuck Tony Khan. He's a piece of shit. I'm not one of these individuals, okay? But that still doesn't mean that I'm not going to give Tony one of these, okay? Congratulations. You played yourself. I'm giving it to Tony Khan because, yes, he's made some poor booking decisions. But the biggest congratulations is he does have, well, I don't know about now, but in recent months, he had no control over his fucking company. You need to stop being best friends, no pun, with these talents and be a fucking boss, bro. That's what you need to do. Listen, backstage shenanigans always happen, right? It's happened at WWE. People want to act stupid because they want to hate on AEW. And they were like, you see, AEW's toxic. But let's not act like backstage shenanigans hasn't happened in other promotions. But the thing is, right now with AEW, which is still pretty much a new company, right? It's happening too frequently. Take control of your fucking company. You're the fucking boss. Take control. So that's why I'm giving it to Tony Khan, and that's why Tony Khan is coming in number three. Yeah, too many backstage shenanigans this year for my liking. And, um, you know, yeah, he's he's been through some shit. He just came out in the interviews the other day talking about his mother's health and everything, and mm -hmm, it's that's mm -hmm. terrible what he had to go through on top of all this backstage crap. Of course, you know, guys like CM Punk, who were supposed to be locker room leaders, did not make it any easier for the guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that he just looks like 
you know, yeah, like he just has no control and people can do and say whatever they want. And they don't feel like Tony Khan's going to really just like do anything about it. You know, he's almost like a pushover and he's the boss of like the second biggest wrestling company in the world. You would think he would have some sort of uh, or more uh, more control uh, than he does. So, yeah, just an epic disaster. So many things that that shouldn't have happened. You know, I mean, recently to the Andrade Sammy fight yep. after they're going at it on Twitter. I mean, anybody could have seen this coming, right? And they still end up fighting backstage. I mean, come on. Like, I think Sammy or Andrade even said, like, see you Wednesday. So, like, the fact that it even got to that point just goes to show that he really just had no... And Tony's on Twitter, okay? He tweets all the time. So there's no excuse. It's not like he he didn't see that tweet, you know? Um, I would have told told both talents the second I saw that exchange on Twitter, you know what? Take the week off. Both of you guys are staying home because I don't want no issue. I don't need no confrontation. It does not need to get physical. If you guys cannot resolve this, and guess what? Stay home. Stay home for a week. That's it. Be the fucking boss. Stop being best friends with these fucking towns. And also, here's another layer to the congratulations. Just the whole handling of Ring of Honor. We were all excited when Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor because it's like, okay, the ROH brand is going to stay alive. But just the handling of it hasn't been good, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens tonight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they announced tonight. Uh, there's been um, rumors about the TV deal or the streaming platform or whatever. Something's got to get announced tonight. Yep. I mean, he said there's going to be less Ring of Honor on AEW TV, which thank the freaking Lord, it's about time. Let's see what he does with it. But yeah, so far, I mean, it's like he bought it. He's put on a few pay-per-views, but it's just like it's floating around. And I there's got to be some solid plans behind that. All right, comment number two. We're <laughs> we're gonna give it to Vince McMahon. Congratulations, Fire. you played yourself. All right, Leo, go ahead. We're gonna give it to Vince because yeah, that was Leo. Um, we're gonna give it to Vince McMahon. We all knew that he was sus. All right, we all <laughs> knew he did shady shit. Just look at just look at all the shit that he's done on WWE programming over the years. All right, so it's not surprising when these allegations came out. But just the handling of it, when it comes to him on TV, this after the allegations came out, this guy goes on SmackDown and he cuts like some bullshit speech saying like, just like the banner intro says, now, forever, but we're going to do it together. Like, come on, man. Why would you do that? That was the biggest fuck you to like everybody that came out with these allegations. Like... Come on, man. Just stay quiet. The best thing people could do, all right, is just to stay quiet when you have allegations. Just shut up. Don't say nothing. And Vince McMahon just had to say something. So he gets a congratulations. On top of all the shenanigans and all the shady shit, and I know some of the WWE blowtorches and apologies are going to be like, hey, but, you know, they, they, there was, there was a, you know, they signed off and, you know, they got, women got paid, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't make things right, okay? That doesn't make things right. It's almost like Vince knew that these were going to be his final appearances on Raw's on Raw and SmackDown uh, because he knew what was coming after that. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is this typical Vince McMahon fashion. You know, he never steps away from the spotlight. You oh, know, yeah. even even if he's in it in a negative light, he just you saw it's typical vintage Vince McMahon just jumping about me, into it and embracing it. And I mean, yeah, listen, I wasn't surprised, but it was pretty laughable. Um, it got people to tune in too. All the ratings oh, boost. Yeah. To say a whole lot of nothing. Um, yeah, just and all the allegation stuff. I mean, the best thing that happened this year was Vince McMahon stepping away 1,000%. from pro wrestling and WWE in general. So, in a way, thank goodness for these allegations. I hate 
what you know he put those you know women through and all that stuff and even though they got you know they got paid a good hunk of cash so i mean good for them in a way but it's uh it was just a a complete botch on his end and uh not the way we thought vince would end his his career with wwe that's for sure well you gotta sometimes sit in your own shit that you know you did you know yeah yeah best thing that ever happened man all right now some of you may wonder like damn not vince or tony were number one who the hell is number one and congratulations you played yourself for the year you mean i'm not number one pal well coming in number one should be a show number one congratulations you played yourself sippy of the year I got fired again. We are giving it to CM Punk. This might this might piss some people off, and then some people might be happy. Who knows? We're giving it to CM Punk, and I know there's some mixed feelings about CM Punk. Let me let me not take away some of the great stuff he did in AEW because I feel like just based on how things transpired and how things. I guess ended at least for now because we don't know what the future holds. Kind of soured a lot of great things he's done, especially like the program with MJF, and then just just seeing him just going back to himself and wrestling again. You know, like I, I get like he botched a couple things during the Hangman Page match, but like right when he started getting like he's getting his routine in and started like feeling it again, this guy was we were seeing the CM Punk of old. Let's not forget the. AW Revolution match when he came out to the AFI song. Man, that was just chilling visually watching that. Like, holy shit, this is old CM Punk, man. It was just such a, such a dope moment. And I think we were all excited to see what the future holds, especially with like some matchups that we didn't get to see, right? Unfortunately, we got some injury. And when he, a week after he won the world title, he kind of had a not relinquishing, but we got an interim world title. And this one, you know, John Moxley kind of put the whole company on his back and he, you know, he carried it into the summer and then we got punk back. But then that's when things got a little bit like weird, right? The tone felt different with punk. He starts going on a rant on live TV towards Hangman Page. Really? The guy that wears butterflies in his fucking pants? You got an issue with Hangman Page? Mm-hmm. Arguably one of the nicest guys in wrestling? You have an issue with Hangman Page because he said a line that nobody connected the dots that could have potentially had to do with Colt Cabana? Nobody connected those dots when Hangman Page cut that promo before Double or Nothing. Until CM Punk made things public. Until CM Punk cut that promo. When he started having issues with Hangman Page. Just the tone with CM Punk felt different. Fast forward to the, I think it was like a week later, when we finally had the John Moxley CM Punk match, which ended up in the squash. Listen, man, you go back and watch that, yo, the crowd could get two shits about CM Punk, man. Everybody was so happy for Mox. And then we get that image of CM Punk just turning back and looking at the crowd, and I thought, wow, man, this could be the origin story of the CM Punk heel turn. This could could be where it all starts, because let's be honest here. Heel CM Punk is the best CM Punk. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't get that. We get a rematch at All Out. The match was good. It was a good match. I enjoyed the match. And then we get the return of MJF. We get the return of MJF. The crowd goes nuts for MJF in Chicago. Now, keep in mind, 
during that match, a lot of people were saying were booing Moxley. But I also want to note this down to the audience. During all out weekend, during the all out like um fan fest, you know who was doing signings? John Moxley. You know who wasn't doing signings for his hometown people? CM, his guys? CM, CM Punk. Punk. He wasn't doing that. So Chicago gets a congratulations for that alone. But the biggest story coming out of All Out wasn't even the pay-per-view. It wasn't even the MJF return. It was Brawl Out. It was a press conference. Because CM Punk, regardless on whether he had the right uh, to his grievances, he did it in an unprofessional manner. There's a day and a time to do shit. And that if you're it. really that locker room leader, you, you, get, you get the whole roster in a backstage meeting and you say what you have issues with. You don't do it in a public pro, uh, forum. You don't do it next to your boss. And that goes back to Tony getting the congratulations because he did nothing to stop it. So what do you think is going to happen? And I know some people that are CM Punk apologists. Oh, well, the Young Bucks shouldn't have went to their his locker room. Guess who threw the, the, the first punch? It was CM Punk. When you talk that greasy in a public forum, what do you think is going to happen? You should get smacked. Listen, man. Whether CM Punk was right or wrong with what he said, the way he handled this whole situation was very unprofessional. Listen, this is coming from a CM Punk guy. I, I'm a CM Punk fan. I don't think CM Punk is a bad guy. He just has piece of shit tendencies at times. <laughs> and as crazy as this sounds, all right, I still feel like we have not seen the last of CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they could say what they want. I think uh, Wrestling Observer came out and said there's absolutely no way CM Punk's coming back. His camp wasn't happy with what the Elite have been doing by mocking him and things like that. But I'm still not buying it. Um, I think, obviously, this turned, this started out as a real-life thing, not a work, complete shoot. But I think now it's going to slowly turn into a storyline because, let's be honest, whether these guys love each other or these guys hate each other, they can make so much fucking money, excuse my French, off of this shit right now. This could be the one of the biggest um, just money-making matches, feuds, storylines we have ever seen coming off of this. Um, yeah, listen, this year started off so good for CM Punk and, and took a turn for the worst in typical CM Punk fashion. But I agree <laughs> with you 110%. I don't think we've seen the last of him in AEW. I think we do see him there again. There's a reason why Tony Khan has not bought out his contract already. I know there's been rumors about that, but there's got to be a reason why they haven't done it already. All the investigation stuff is over. The elite's back right now. Why haven't they just released him and be done with it? It's because Tony Khan doesn't want to do it because he knows that CM Punk is a huge moneymaker for him and his company. And I think we see him back in the ring in 2023 with AEW, not WWE. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, the brawl out stuff. I mean, you just basically mapped it out brilliantly. We've talked about it at length. At nauseum. I mean, I'm so tired of talking about right. CM Punk and this whole brawl out situation that I'm yep. not even going to elaborate even more. CM Punk coming in at number one for the congratulations you play yourself of the year. Enough said. Just a complete laughable situation. And, uh, yeah, he basically screwed up everything. But, I, again, I think he's coming back. So uh could turn into the best thing possible. Who knows? Before we move on to our final category, I do of, – of the of the show, because tomorrow we're going to give you part two of the Lucci Awards. I do have two honorable mentions for congratulations you played yourself of the year. One is the Royal Rumble, the men's Royal Rumble match booking because it was an atrocity. 
And then for shits and giggles, we're going to give it also to Michael Elgin because he decided to steal protein powder in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, who could forget about that, right? All right. Um, let's move on to our final award of the year, and that's Female Wrestler of the Year. Coming in at number 10, okay? Coming in at number 10. This performer, to me, could have had a bigger year. It could have been higher up on this list because she has all the potential in the world to be the face of this company, especially for the women's division, all right? She has star written all over her, and she's a champion. But unfortunately, due to that poor booking and just not like just the way they set up her matches at times, it just she couldn't be higher on the list. But I still feel like she needed to be in the top 10 list. And that's the current TBS women's champion, Jay Cargill. She has all the potential in the world to be the biggest thing in the company, but they just gotta they gotta get shit together with her, man. I'm not saying her shtick is bad, but it's too repetitive. Like you said, Ryan, in the past, every match that she defends the title, that female performer should be one step closer to taking that title away from her, but obviously they lose the match. That's how they should book Jay Cargill. Unfortunately, they haven't been doing that, because besides all that, she's a superstar. Yeah, God, is she a superstar. I mean, her entrances, her ring gear... Uh, the way she conducts herself. I mean, my goodness, uh, she is so deserving to be on this list. She's gotten so much better. I mean, listen, she's still not, you know, as good as some of the other women, uh, of course, in the company. But listen, she's only been doing this for, what, two years, maybe? And she is getting better. She's working with Brian Danielson, which has showed, you know, she's made incredible strides. Um yeah, listen, she's on one hell of a run with his belt, and I don't see it coming to an end anytime soon, and that's AEW's problem. Like you just said, I've been preaching it for so long. Her matches are just, they're laughable, and it's just because of the booking aspect of it. I mean, they put these girls against her, and they're basically all squash matches, and you don't see any offense, really, or any inkling that she's about to lose her belt because they don't build anything up. They don't build these women up. They don't, you know, they don't get a... a a significant amount of offenses in on her in these matches. She's just dominant, but she is a star. She's really must becoming must see on your television screens just based on every, like I said, her ring gear alone. I mean, my goodness, uh, the way she looks, she just presents herself like a freaking superstar. And yeah, I mean, the sky is the limit for her. So hopefully next year she'll be a little bit higher up on our list. Coming in at number nine. Number nine. Cody Rhodes says this phrase a lot, undesirable to undeniable. And I think this fits this individual very well. She's a little bit lower in our list this year, but I still feel like she needed to be on our top 10 list. And that's Diana Perrazzo, former Ring of Honor Women's Champion, former AAA Reinas de Reinas Champion, former Impact Tag Team Champion for the Knockouts. Not only she is an incredible singles competitor, but she's also an incredible tag team competitor. I'm really curious to see what she does in 2023, whether she remains an impact or she ends up going somewhere else. But NXT, WWE completely dropped the ball with Deanna Perrazzo, but she's been making her mark everywhere else in wrestling. Yeah, let me tell you, 2023, I'd love to see her somewhere else other than impact. Uh, and that's not even just because... I don't necessarily watch impacts. It's just because, like you just mentioned, she's really done everything there is to do there. You know, 
uh, multiple-time knockout champion, was the uh, was a tag champ. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's had that uh, Iron Woman match. Like, she, she's really done almost everything there is to do in Impact. I think it's time to break away, whether that's returning to WWE or going to AEW. I think uh, she should bet on herself because, yeah, NXT dropped the ball on her the first time, but I think that was the best thing that ever happened to her. Yep. And who can deny her talents now? I don't even think Triple H, who at the time was in charge, Obviously wasn't very high on her. I don't even think he could deny how good she's become. So, um, yeah, totally deserving to be on this list. And I really hope that in 2023, she steps outside the box of of impact and, uh, you know, hopefully becomes an even bigger star than she already is. Coming in number eight. Number eight. Thank you. (laughs) Coming in number eight. This individual, one of my favorite performers of all time when it comes to women's wrestling, uh, her last run in WWE, for whatever reason, they didn't use her to her full potential. I don't know why, because she has star written all over her. Um, maybe because of her age. It's not like she's that old, but maybe that's the reason why. Uh, maybe under new management now with WWE, maybe things will be different. But once she got released by WWE, she's been all over the place. And now, this year, she announced that it's her last rodeo, that she's on the streak of just... She has to win every match or else she's going to retire, and that's Mickey James. This year alone, she started off the year as Knockouts Champion. She went to the Royal Rumble in the women's match as Knockouts Champion. So she goes back to the WWE holding a title of another promotion, and she's been killing it on an Impact Wrestling every single week. So Mickey James, in 2022, she's like one of the top women's wrestlers of the world. Mickey James. Yeah, she's uh, one of my all-time favorites. I've loved her ever since day one. She's still killing it at such a high level. Like you said, the run she's on in Impact right now with her last rodeo tour um, has been pretty good, to pr- pretty fun to watch. Um, you know, I, I see some highlights here and there. And she's still going at such a high level, man. And she's got Jordan Grace up next, which mm-hmm. it should be, a, you know, a, a fun one. And it's just kind of like... Well, it, it's with Impact, so I don't really read too much up on Impact and really know what they're going to do. So I don't even know, like, when she's going to lose and when she's going to retire. Like, because it's, I don't know. Like, I just don't see, I don't see the time and the place that that's going to be happening. When it does happen, it'll be a little sad if she is done for good, because I still think she's going at such a high level. But good on her, because she's not pushing it too much, you know? I hate to see people go to the point where they, like, ruin their careers and their right. legacies that they've built. So Mickey James has had one hell of a career. It's still going for it. And, you know, she's been on Busted Open a couple of times. Yep. She was heavily involved in that uh, women's show uh, last for the year. NWA, yeah. So I think she's still going to be involved in, in wrestling in a big way. Um, but still killing it inside the ring, man. Gotta love Mickey James. You know what's so funny? Because you mentioned the the Women Empowered show that she did for the NWA. Thousand people still was talking about NWA, and NWA was somewhat still in the conversation. Guess what? Now you put the title on tires, nobody gives a shit about the NWA. And keep in mind, Billy Corgan still wants to criticize, oh, there's not enough women talent to do another all-women's show. Billy Corgan, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's clueless. He's completely clueless. At one point, too, real quick, a couple years ago when he was in charge of Impact, I wanted this guy to buy Impact, okay? That was when I still watched Impact religiously. He thought he had a great mind for the business. Mm-hmm. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You mentioned Jordan Grace, and so ironic because she's coming in number seven. Number seven. Good job, Leo. Jordan Grace. <laughs> Jordan Grace, not only is she the current knockout champion, but she's a former uh, Impact 
It's the internet championship. I can't. Think. I think it's the digital media. The champion. digital media, yeah. And she also is a former Impact Tag Champion. Listen, Jordan Grace is so good that she wrestles dudes. All right, that's how good she is. Um, and she's got it in phenomenal shape. Listen, I didn't mind how Jordan Grace looked before, but she's been very dedicated dedicated to her kind of body transformation. We've seen a lot of athletes done done this in the past, but like Jordan Grace looks like a completely different person now, mm-hmm. and she's. Even stepped her game up in ring wise. So Jordan Grace is coming in number seven. Number seven. Yeah, Jordan Grace has been loyal to Impact for quite some time. I think she signed a new deal not too long ago, so she's still killing it over there. And you know, knockouts champ, I think currently, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, about to face Mickey James at the next pay per view. And yeah, I mean, like you said, her transformation, uh, you know, with her body and everything, she's she's awesome. She's one of my favorite uh, women's wrestlers out there right now, and another one who I think. Could benefit from stepping away from Impact, yep. but hey, listen, I, she's loyal there. It's a perfect spot for her. She's still uh, killing it over there, so I have no complaints. Uh, definitely definitely deserving to be on this list. She's had a great year. God damn, Jordan Grace. Sorry. Coming in at number six. <laughs> number six. Now, a couple of years ago, I don't think we would have ever thought or even think that this person can make top 10 women's wrestlers of, of the year. Like they, She probably wouldn't even be in consideration. Not because of how she looks physically, but, you know, her wrestling was just like kind of like whatever. Like that was kind of like the vibe that she gave all of us. But, man, within this last year, she completely has trashed any naysayers because, man – not only is she the longest reigning NXT Women's Champion of all the time, but her in-ring ability has stepped up big time, and that's Mandy Rose. Listen, whenever they decide to pull the trigger and move her to Raw and SmackDown, she needs to gun for that Women's Championship because she's completely transform- transformed herself in every single way, in-ring-wise. Her her TV presence, physically, holy shit, like... She she's great. She's a star. We knew she could be a star, but now she has she's a full package. Yeah, hundred percent. She's unbelievably just on an insane run right now, killing it match after match. I know a lot of people are getting sick and tired of her being the the reigning women's champ down in NXT, but gosh, that completely like you said, transformed her and really has done wonders for her career. And yeah, once she hits the main roster again. Uh, man, she's going to be a top player in the women's division. And who would have ever thought that? Like you said, right. nobody would have ever. If, no. Talking about last year, if we would have been talking about Mandy Rose being number six on our list this year, I would have told you, you're nuts, bro. Um, it's crazy what she's done with Toxic Attraction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she's still rolling. So we'll see how much longer it goes. But um, it's really unbelievable how much she has transformed herself inside the ring and become one of the top female wrestlers on the WWE roster. It's it's nuts. All right, coming number five. Number five. Coming number five, down a couple spots, but Why? there was no way she was not going to be on this list. And I know some people uh-uh. are tired of her, but listen, you can't you can't take away how talented she is. How when every time she's a, appears in our screen. She overshadows a lot of people, and sometimes that could be bad, but there's no denying Britt Baker. Britt Baker's coming in at number five. Great talent. I'm glad that they're keeping that women's title away from her because she's built up her credibility so good and her stock that she really doesn't need the women's title right now. She really doesn't. Um, Who knows? Maybe at some point she challenges for the TBS championship. I don't know. 
But um, Britt Baker, she's on our list down a couple spots. I think last year you could even argue she could have been number one. Now she's coming in number five. Yeah, she's the top female performer in AEW. There's no denying that. Um, whether you love her or you hate her, she's always involved in something. You know, even when she's not in the top storyline for the championship, you know, wrestling Soraya and, uh, you know, she won the uh, Owen Hart Cup earlier this year as well. Another great match with uh, Thunder Rosa at the St. Patrick's Slam show. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Britt Baker is probably always going to be on this list, uh, you know, because she's just that good, whether you love her or you hate her. And I'm one of those people that's kind of getting sick of her, too. But as long as she's not in the title picture, I'm OK with it. I just hate how she's pushed like a Charlotte Flair. Um, but again, she's one of the top female performers. So I guess I can't really fault AEW for pushing her too much. Uh, yeah, so definitely down on the list, but in the top five, none, none nonetheless. Coming in number four. Number four. Just like John Moxley, but in a little lesser extent, I think she put the women's division on her back, especially when some people were maybe a little bit more popular or people wanted to see them more than her, but she still put on great performances, and I think she was a better champion than someone else that we're going to talk about on this list, and that's Tony Storm. Listen, we all know the potential Tony Storm had going back to when she was in progress and stardom and NXT UK, and then she gets to NXT, and they kind of switch her gimmick up a little bit. She's a heel. Still, there's potential there. We know she's a great performer, and then for whatever reason, it just didn't work out on the main roster. Roster. Don't know what happened. She goes to AEW and she just starts putting on these bangers, man. And I should—I think she did a great job as women's champion. And I'm glad that they recognize her not only as the interim women's champion, but they also recognize recognize her reign as the real women's champion. Yeah, man. I'm debuting in AEW earlier this year and just completely killing it from the moment she walked through the door. You know, unfortunately, what happened with Thunder Rosa gave Tony Storm the opening to you know become the champion be official champion um and yeah had had a short run with the belt but it's only because jamie Hayter got white hot at, at, at the right time so dropping the belt really didn't hurt tony storm in any way she's instantly one of the top players in that women's division there and uh, i just love seeing her in aw and she seems so happy there and uh yeah listen the wwe main roster the schedule it brings it's not for everybody it wasn't for her and AEW is the right place for her, and she's kicking ass. So I love it. She's one of my favorites. All right. Coming in at number three. Number three. Now, the person I'm about to mention number three, you might get like a question mark, or you might be like, why her if you were just kind of like talking to Tony Storm the way you were? Why well, her? <laughs> well, the thing is about this individual is just how she got to ultimately getting that women's title, just the role that we were on there, she was the hottest talent, women's talent on that show. People wanted to see her. And when she ultimately beats Britt Baker in that steel cage match at St. Patrick's Day Slam, a year anniversary from their epic, um, what was it, lights out match, Thunder Rosa, like just a road that we got there to, to her getting this ultimate moment was just an incredible ride. Now, yes, I know her run and it was more the booking and more the storytelling of her run as champion was just, like, not great. But the matches that she did give us were great matches. Thunder Rose in the ring, she always delivers. Yeah, she could have been a better champion booking-wise, like, especially with some better storytelling. But nonetheless, I think Thunder Rosa deserves his number three spot. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, listen, she became champion. It didn't really go well. She got injured, but... 
it's similar to Britt Baker. You know, she's always involved in something um, ever since officially becoming all elite. I mean, she's uh, a workhorse, man. She's unbelievably talented. Again, another one of my favorite women uh, to watch. Hopefully she's coming back soon. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, like nobody works harder than her. And she's one of the top stars in the division. So she's had a great year and there's no way that she couldn't have made this list at all. She's, like I said, world champ. And unfortunately, it ended, uh, you know, terribly with the injury at the worst possible time. But I had a couple of good title defenses. So, yeah. All right. Coming in number two. Roman's about to wrap up here. Number two. Number two. Number two. Coming in number two. Number two. She just. Leo. Sorry. She just made her return a couple of weeks ago. Okay, at Survivor Series, and that's Becky Lynch. The man, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. But earlier this year, she was big-time Bex. Now, while I wasn't necessarily a fan of this gimmick, this stick of big-time Bex, and clearly the fans weren't either because they always wanted to cheer for Becky, that doesn't take away the phenomenal performance that she gave us all year round till, until she got hurt at SummerSlam, and then she was out for a cup of coffee. I think it was like two, three months. But still, throughout the whole year, she just was She was it. She was that female wrestler and let's not forget the incredible match she gave us with her and Bianca Belair at Wrestlemania arguably one of the best matches this year so there was no way Becky Lynch was not going to be on this list and I think she deserves the number two spot absolutely yeah even with her being out for for a short period of time here um yeah I mean the the matches that she had at Wrestlemania uh and SummerSlam with Bianca and then everything in between too uh, you know, whether you're a fan of the gimmick or not, she put her all into it with her funky outfits and everything uh, came off a little cringe. But, uh, you know, listen, she she made work of she she made, you know, the best of the situation out of what they gave her, you know, uh, in the beginning of this year too, feuding with Liv Morgan, which I thought they had great matches uh, with each other. And then, of course, War Games, Survivor Series, that leg drop off the oh, top of so the cage. Good. Um, and she looked great she looked fucking great yeah like didn't even miss a beat at all so Becky Lynch uh, yeah I mean it it would it'd be weird if she wasn't on this list so and my favorite thing of just seeing Becky making a return is that we got the man gimmick back the leather jacket the long hair none of that big time Bex bullshit like we got the man and that's what like that version of Becky is what everyone loves because she's such a fucking badass yeah, yeah, it's the best version of Becky Lynch. So um, thank goodness she's back to being what we all fell in love with in the first place. And I'm interested to see what she does in 2023. Now, let me tell you something. Becky Lynch looks great. Oh, always, always. Leo, you, you turned down my buttons. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry. Good, Sorry. Job. Good Sorry. job, Leo. Sorry. Good job. Sorry. Congratulations. All right. You played yourself. Coming in at number one. And this is our final award of this episode. Lucci's part one. Female Wrestler of the Year. Female Wrestler of the Year. Female Wrestler of the Year. Number one. Female Wrestler. Uh, back to back uh, years. This yeah, is the first yeah. ever this has happened yeah, in yeah. Lucci. Back to back years. Two for two. Yeah, yeah. Two time, two time. Uh, uh, Female Wrestler of the Year, yeah, Bianca yeah. Belair. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All right, Leah, sorry. Listen, Bianca Belair, I, I don't know how I could, I don't know how more I could praise this woman, all right? I love Bianca Belair. I think she's so good, and I said this to you and Nick at Survivor Series. Bianca Belair is so good 
She could wrestle dudes if she wanted to. She's on a John Cena-esque type role. Now, some people could take that as a good way. Some people could take that as a bad way. But there's no denying how much Bianca Belair is beloved. She's a great um, just face for the company. All right? When she does, like, these public outings and, like, you know, these uh, different things for media and stuff. Last week, she randomly, I see in my Instagram, she was in Atlantic City doing, like, this bodybuilding competition. Like, what else can't this woman not do? You know what I'm saying? Like, she's just so good at what she does. And, listen, I think the future is even brighter for her. I see her at some point transitioning to, like, movies and stuff. That's how good Bianca Belair is. Yeah, she's an absolute freak. I mean, just her strength, her power. She's super athletic, just so much fun to watch in the ring. And, I mean, has everything that you want in, in a talent. I mean, she's got it all. And like you said, all the stuff that she does outside, she's literally everywhere. I mean, that that competition that she did, what was it, last week or whatever, the body competition, yep. she said she's been working on that, uh, you know, like in between her schedule and, and trying to get her body right. I mean, what an unbelievable workhorse Bianca Belair is. And uh, incredible match, like we just mentioned, with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. So many incredible matches throughout the year. I know some people are getting sick and tired of her going over all the time, uh, being pushed down her throats. But, I mean, my goodness, like, how could you even complain? You know, she's that damn good. She should be shoved down our throats. I can't get enough Whoa. because uh, I'm just um, – she's just awesome. She's <laughs> I'm just a massive fan of this woman. And it's so funny coming out of NXT where I always thought she was good. But really, just never won the women's title. Mm -hmm. But like, I thought she had all the potential in the world. My goodness! Ever since stepping foot on the WWE main roster, I mean, she's literally like the new Miss WrestleMania. You she know, really is, bro. She really so is. It's... Her match is the one to watch every single year at Mania. She's two yeah. for two right now, and I don't think that's gonna stop anytime soon, man. I think Good. she's that Good. great. Dose for dose. Yeah, we're lucky to have her. She's awesome. Yeah, man, and. That's it, my friends. We that was part one of the Luchis. Um, we covered. Congratulations, you played yourself of the, the year. Sippy Awards. Tag team of the year. Tag team of the year. Breakout star of the year. Breakout star of the year. And female wrestler of the year. And somebody getting shoved somebody's throat. I don't know. I didn't get that one. That was kind of okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that we're gonna have to talk to Ryan about that that phrase. We'll talk about it later, Ryan. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Come on, man. Why are you doing that? All right. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, uh, Ryan, do you have any final thoughts? You know, because we're going to do this again no. tomorrow. Yeah. Same place, same time. Be sure to join us. We'll try to aim for 10 a.m. tomorrow, you know. Oh, no. We're ready to go. See, we even got the music. All right. Uh, we are not closing out with that. Turn okay. that shit off. What about this one? <laughs> Leo? This one sounds good. No! Leo, stop pressing buttons. Uh, Leo! Sorry. Leo, any final words? No, no, I'm good. LosRadio.com. No, this is actually good. I like when we do this stuff because then that actually puts some perspective on everything that's gone out throughout the year. Thank I think you, Leo. I think Thank in, you. in wrestling we usually take this for granted. Mm -hmm. And uh I've always said this since day one when we do this. You do a really good job at keeping all this stuff uh because I didn't remember half of this shit. Yeah, because we we could Real just be Mario. Yeah. Shout <laughs> out to you. You deserve it. <laughs> 
putting these lists together and you know i had some input on it but for the most part these things are all you remembering all this shit writing it all down throughout the year a lot of the shit i've even forgot about too until we mention it now so yeah shout outs to you for doing a hell of a job well listen i'm a talker this is what i do i know i know i write and write galore you know since january 1st just start writing and writing and writing well noting it down on my phone but you know you get the hint um okay so tomorrow Part two of the Luchis. We will break down the top ten of the following categories. Event of the year. Male, of the year. male wrestler of the year. Male wrestler of the year. And match of the year. Match of the year. Now, if we pissed any of you off today, Adams, bro. just wait until tomorrow because we're going to piss you off even more. <laughs> that is it. For the old man Leo. Yeah. For our double Ryan Radar. Yeah. I'm your truly and Mr. Radar. And for the Radar voice R. of the Luchis. And for the voice of the Luchis. I'm go. your truly Mr. <laughs> Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar and stay too sweet. Woo. You're playing music. I got. Dun, dun, dun.